think we are live. What's up, everybody? Hope everybody's having a wonderful time. I'm super excited. Today, we are joined by the champion of the year himself, Mr. Chilla Jones. This is an exciting moment honestly like it's super cool to get to meet you having looked a little bit into your career listened to your excellent music watched your battles like not gonna lie i'm a writer's kind of guy so the writer types it's totally my cup of tea right off the jump uh and it's just it's just great to have you joining us on the bridge the gap journey as we um basically the goal of this is to talk to super interesting people such as yourself kind of walk through the story of your life and extract knowledge nuggets for everyone to share and just kind of like talk about you you know the person and your journey because you've done some pretty incredible things and you are put in a very large amount of work with a crazy ethic that needs to be just recognized and honored because at the end of the day that's what longevity is about and that's the most fascinating thing to me but um for our little intro we tend to start a little bit with liddy bro flacco my co-host oh my name's holden stefan roy i've been bad at saying my own name but <laughs> liddy bro flacco walks us through kind of the journey of how this all came to be so if you want to take yes. it away flacco yes. big facts big facts so yeah chilling so what happened right was like I was doing usual rapper thing, right? Mm -hmm. I was dropping an album. Uh, I was working on that album with an engineer out in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And the engineer, he's particular. He does not share the music of everybody that he works with, right? Because you mm. share one guy's music that you work with, now you got to share every guy's music that you work with, you know? <laughs> and right. not, engineers don't want to always associate themselves with everybody that they record, you know? Right. It just so happens that he did want to be associated with what we were doing. And so he shared, you know, the music. And uh, Holden, who does album reviews uh, also, um, noticed that. And he took notice of it because he knows that, you know, Merker doesn't really share music that he engineers. And so he took note of it, checked out the music, and uh, he did an album review, then did an interview. And when he did the interview, I'm not going to lie, bro. Like, I was taken aback. I was like, yo, how have I been doing rap music this long? And mm -hmm. I've never gotten to talk about, like, my childhood growing up and, like, the important things that, you know what I mean? Like, these are the things that really build us into, you know, who what we end up being, you know? Fact. And not talking about those things felt like a crime to me, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, the fact that I had I had been this far into my career without ever having talked about that was a crime to me. And so immediately, I was just like, typical hood dude, right? Where it's just like, you 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 get up on something dope, and you're like, oh, I got to put all my peoples onto this now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I was like, yo, hold it. Why don't we do something together and I'll bring some people to the table and, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk to people, some good friends of mine that, and mm -hmm. talk about their life journeys. You know what I mean? And now Word. here we are. Yeah. So that's dope. That's with, super dope. With all that, we have a bit of a token first question that we ask everyone. It's a bit of a story, but when it lands, you can answer it like mm -hmm. however you want. So I'll kind of starts off with my girlfriend and she's uh, washing dishes and she's got a phone playing that black eye piece on that. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> she's dancing and she's vibing and whatnot. 
And I was like thinking about this song a little bit, right? And how music is kind of attached to these vibes and how this, it just fit perfectly. It's good for the chores and the exercises and the moving stuff. But really, if you go back 10 years ago and you think about that same very song, we was all drunk in clubs, dancing in circles to that shit, doing all of our stuff. And it was like the littest shit, no matter where you were, it would shut down the room. And that was yep. crazy, right? Because that was like one of the biggest club songs at the time. So it got me thinking about club music today, all the Cardi B's and all that stuff, and how in like 10 years mm -hmm. and stuff, it's going to be a bunch of kids watching their moms and stuff doing dishes to this track, playing on whatever the fuck people playing music on at that point, because that's just the nature of music over time and whatnot, which Thanks. made me think if music changes over time and whatnot, it's all kind of correlated to our own musical journeys and our own identities with it. But the thing is, is when we think about it and when we talk about it, we usually start in that little puberty era where we kind of form our own identities and start to solidify and attach to stuff. But really, this whole musical journey thing starts way before, right? Basically, from mm. when we come into the world, from the time we're super young, we're going to have all these sounds that exist around us from our families or whoever's the environments, whatever's going on. So, like, in my case, mm -hmm. I can vividly remember my dad having those gray, like, boxes, the amps and the radios and shit, and the tape player would go in and he'd be bumping the Zeppelins and the whatnots. And then at nighttime, it was, like, dance techno music stuff that was playing through the radio from the clubs and then like my mm. mom would cop these bad disco knockoff tapes from the like corner stores and bring that back in and play those and christmas time we had this weird techno remix anyway there's all these different vibes and moments that got created almost just by like the music that surrounded you before you had any real control over the sounds that existed in your world so to start this mm. off i was hoping we could go back to when you was like a five-year-old little super as young as you can remember chilla jones and walk us a little Mm -hmm. through the soundscape of your existence man if we're, if we're going to five years old so i was born in 87 so it would looking like 92 uh, a new, and also a new year's baby by the way so it's pretty accurate uh, the soundscape my, my mom was was big on uh michael jackson mm. So there was a lot of remember the times. Doesn't matter if you're black or white. You know, a, a lot of those tunes. Um, she was big on Whitney Houston. So there was a lot of Whitney Houston in the house for sure. Um, she she was you know in general she was she was heavy R and B. There, there was really not a lot of rap. Mm influence growing up in my household it was it was brian mcknight luther vandross it was swv it was escape it was um you know so many different you know groups and 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 vibes the one thing i like about r&b man you know even though i rap r&b to me is far and away the superior genre to me musically um, absolutely mus musically yeah, music. Fair enough. Um, because I, I think it just invokes way more emotions in, in, in the record. So, um, you know, above all, man, you know, even though, you know, there was a heavy R&B influence, um, I, tr I try to kind of, you know, carry that over into my art form. You know what I mean? Because, you know, as much as I love rap, as blessed as I am to be able to rap, as much as I love the art form, 
R&B just hits different, man. And, you know, I don't know that, that you know, I would be a 34-year-old man with this opinion without that that soundscape as a five-year-old, you know yeah. what I mean, to, to, to kind of mold and, and shape my perspective in that way. But because of that, I feel like I have such an attachment with R&B music now that nine times out of ten, if, if you jump in my ride, it's probably what you hear. You know what I'm saying? It's just... Yeah, it just is what it is, man. It's just, it just hits different, you know what I mean? Nah, I totally do. And I love the fact that you made that connection there where it's like you can bring it back to the foundation. It's part of why we go back to when you're so young because so much of that part of your life actually impacts things that happens later on. We do have a few more questions related to that era of life. But before we get there, can yeah. you let us know where you're from, like where you are born, sir? Absolutely. Um, born in Boston, Massachusetts, very specifically a town in the inner city of Boston called Dorchester. Okay. I was I was curious because you know what? Like uh I've formed a bit of a, a tight bond with um I know I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Loxley, Sir Loxley. Um yeah. and I've formed a really tight bond with uh Udo, a good friend of his that uh does a lot of filming out there and whatnot. Yeah. Um goes by villain. And like mm -hmm. because of that friendship, I've traveled up there probably more in the last couple of years than I ever have my whole life, right? And I've been mm. there plenty in my whole life, right? But like in the last few years, I've gone up there probably more than a handful of times already in like the matter of like three years, you know. And yeah. so you, I get I've gotten way more familiar. And so I was curious what part of of uh, Boston it was that you you know what I mean grew up in. Yeah. Yeah, um, Dorchester. I'll, you know, I'll tell you the 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 like the line of the inner city, and I'm talking like dead heart of Boston. You'll have Mattapan. You'll have Roxbury. You'll have Dorchester. You'll have uh, Jamaica Plain, Hyde Park, the South End. Um, and that's like a line of towns that literally is dead center in the middle of Boston. So, you know, a lot of times when you when you speak to different artists, whether from Massachusetts or other places, I think it's the easy thing. And I'm sure it's like this in other states, too. It's the easy thing to just say you're from the biggest city. You know, that's that's in the state. You know what I mean? So, like, you, you might have somebody from... Arizona say they're from Phoenix when they're really from you know Sedona which is like 90 minutes north of that you know what I mean and a whole, right. just so, because it's easier especially you know what I'm saying if, if, if you're you know you know nobody's going to be familiar with Sedona you're just going to tell them Phoenix because you know whatever whatever yeah I'm literally entirely. in the center the heart the, the the belly of the beast of Boston is where I was born and raised yeah, facts, because like I said, I've been there a lot. And so you get familiar, right? And it's one of those things like New York City, like where we have our boroughs and then you got neighborhood neighborhoods inside your borough. And even like, you know, in, within a neighborhood, you have people who on this side don't fuck with people on that side and, and whatnot. And yeah. I've always been really curious, you know, like uh, outside of like, you know, that like so-called Boston New York rivalry bullshit you know from baseball that everybody tries to leak over into other shit like it's just one of those things where like I find a personal like uh just curiosity of towards the Boston scene right yeah and maybe kind of what I've perceived as 
the lack of um mainstream rappers that have really been able to emerge out of yeah. you know mm-hmm. and, and, it's, and it's curious because it's just like it's so close to new york city there's so much similarity to new york city same as philadelphia right that it's right. almost baffling that it's like well well how can how is it possible and and i think that visiting up there i've gotten to know you know not 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 to you know try to steal away any of your, you know the i'm pretty sure story that's going to come out you know um, but yeah. like it's been kind of from what I understand from what going up there what I realize is like that's because you have a lot of people caught in the streets and when you right. caught in the streets so nobody got no fucking time for rapping bro nobody right. got no time for rapping for trying to be doing no nothing when you try to put food on the table and you try to you know stay alive there's really not much space for that energy and, and so i i think that's where like in my head i've kind of like seen the reasoning for yeah you you know you know the, the funny part about that too man is you know de- depending on what you're into and in, in regards to the streets it, it causes a divide right you know so as a as an artist from the city um you know I'm not in a gang. I'm not in a set. You know, that's just not me. It's never been me. You know, whatever, whatever. Um, being where I am now, there are no hoods that I can't go to. There are no, you know, ties, gang ties that I have that would make me an enemy to any particular set. But it, when you're in the streets a certain way, mm-hmm. you you have that, right? So if you're so if you're from a rival set, you got to hit record. Doesn't matter how hot it is, the other your rival neighborhood is not not bumping it. They're not supporting it. They're not. You know what I'm saying? It, it may even make you a bigger target for. Them. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, we 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 have this. You know, I say this all the time. We have this like big city mentality, and we are we are a big city, but 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 we're not. You know what I mean? Like like Manhattan as a borough is, I think the size of Boston, not including the other four boroughs. So it's like, you can be in New York and be from Manhattan and maybe have beef with somebody from the Bronx. And you may never even have to go to the Bronx. You may never cross paths. You may never, you know what I'm saying? And you still can find enough support within your state to make an impact, to make a splash. It's, it's, It's tough to do that here. Our towns are small. Our towns are right next to each other. If you got drama, you are going to run into them. The city is not that big. You know what right. I'm saying? So um, it, it makes it so, so tough for somebody in that position. You know what I'm saying? Depending on what, what their lifestyle is and what they're repping. Um, it's really hard to get the full support of the city on all sides. Um, unless you move a certain way. So, so it's, you know, it feels like and it seems like the people who have been the most successful from here have gone elsewhere to make an impact. Whether that was New York, whether that was Atlanta, whether that was LA, you know, they normally have gone somewhere else to be able to kind of build their sound and their fan base. And then when they come back this way, you know, that's, that's the only other way to get, you know, a, a, a large city on your side is to have a buzz elsewhere. And then when you come home and people see that, people are in, su- are in support of that. You know what I'm saying? So um, 
you know, it's been really tough to organically build a buzz and a fan base large enough, man, to make that impact the transcend to the mainstream, uh, mainstream. But, you know, shout out to Joyner Lucas, who was from Massachusetts doing his thing. Salute to Bia from Massachusetts doing her thing. Um, Millie's cousin Stiz. Um, you know, I like, to think, I like to think we have a ton of talent from yeah. Massachusetts who yeah. are doing their thing right now. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that one the of them can, yeah, I'm hoping one of them can really break through on, on a, on a major level. I think Joyner is right there, man, you know, with records with Will Smith and Eminem and he, you know, he's done a, a lot of dope things, but I think he's just one step away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, one, just one, record away. Away. one record one away. One record away. Yeah. But, once, you're, um, once you're in the mix of all that, it's not that far. Like, the right the 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 times that i think that i was talking about was like all those years but yeah. i think the last few it's been years a long time man. It, it was a long time but like in the last few years what's emerging out of boston even even the streets right like the drill scene and and, and yeah. just like the street scene in boston hits different it almost Fact. hits like like chicago and like brooklyn you know where it's just like you could you could sense you could smell the authenticity through the song, you know? Mm, like you're yeah. like you're hearing things that you're like, I don't know if I should really be listening to this right now. <laughs> think that somebody's gonna get arrested behind this, but you know what? Shit's lit. <laughs> right, I mean? right. But that's yeah. the energy that Boston kind of has now. Uh, uh, besides the Yo, cousin sisters so, and all, so all the great artists. It's so right. weird to like even hear all this, right? Because I actually realized as Flacco was starting this up that I also am super fascinated with Boston because I don't know much about it outside of the fact that my city has a, a rivalry with your hockey team. It's a different sport, but same kind of rivalry to be real. But and, like our marriage, we're, ass we're assholes, man. We we <laughs> we're, we're assholes. You pick a we you pick a sport, and we've got we've got one or two fucking like rivals, nemeses, rival man. cities. Facts, different facts. cities in football. You think it's, about, it's think Pittsburgh. about basketball. You guys have a huge rivalry with the, the Lakers. The Lakers, yeah, like the Lakers, and so it's just like where it's just like LA people probably hate mm. Boston people. Yo, it's LA people, and it's just like man, yo, team is just it's it's the Lakers for basketball. It's New York for baseball. It's Pittsburgh for football. Mm -hmm. Like. It, every every sport, it's like yeah. there's a different city that fucking hates us. <laughs> I think through I think through football, I think through football, you guys have gained many enemies and shit because sure. Tom won so many championships with y'all that it literally everybody because like I like if I were to play replay that one snippet right for any of my super huge New York Giants football fans in New York. Mm. Like, he just he just try to act like we not the main right. You know what I mean? Like every <laughs> every at Pittsburgh, New York, like there's a lot. So That's a fact. Every yeah. team that has faced the Patriots in the Super Bowl looks at the Patriots as their rival. Everybody, yeah. right? Because they won for so long. They were the winningest for so long that I think every team in football probably just looks at you know the 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 Patriots like their rival, so yeah, yeah, yeah but, that is that is Boston. But I yeah. know like there's a whole bunch of underground rappers from Boston that people was bumping up here, so it actually made me wonder also why there isn't like huge runs. Like Slain is huge here, like people love that dude. I know he's from Boston, um, mm -hmm. and like 
a bunch of other like in that like realm of stuff that made it up here so it's like yeah when i thought about it, it and then you gave your explanation and it's like yeah that's a whole world i don't know very much about and i think it's super interesting to hear it because it adds a lot of context right like sometimes we sit there and ponder these things and we might like not really understand it so like even like when you go back to being young like right we're basically born in the same year but just in a completely different reality right so like mm -hmm. everything you went through and all your experiences being young is just gonna not parallel me in montreal like it's just gonna be whatever so i'm like in my little situations but like there's nothing that happened that's gonna compare to like that boston's arrangement that you described because we are kind of a lot bigger of a city right yeah so, but let's go back to like more just you right and you're like super young what's it like just in the general sense of being young like are you like musically involved in stuff are you into like the dancings and all these different things that are happening or are you just kind of just listening to stuff that's happening no honestly at that age there was so it it, it was so simple <laughs> like it was like like there was so little thought man in mm. into what i liked and, and what i disliked it it was you know, for the most part, just entirely the vibe that, that I that I got from the song. I, I didn't care too much. You know, I, I didn't know what they were saying in the verses. I might catch one or two lines in the hook at that age. But, you know, for the most part, it was like... Yeah, but just like the way the shit sounded, you know, it it, it, it was it wasn't complicated at that age. Whereas as I as I get older and I start to to understand and develop a taste and a, and a preference for, you know, little things like vocal tones, uh, you know, kick drums, you know, certain things that you develop Ooh. a favoritism to after so long of listening to certain records or certain artists or certain, you know, certain uh, uh, songs, um, what you like and what you dislike, what your taste is, it's much, much more complicated and much, much more specific. Mm -hmm. But at that age, your palate is clear. You, you have, you have no, no scale, no criteria, no, you know, basis or grounds really to judge a song outside of how it make, how it made me feel. I like that. Man, it's so interesting. You, you have no idea how many people answer this kind of stuff so differently from that perspective. But I really like yeah. the way you put mm. that because in your world it's like that and uh i i empathize a lot with the developed taste theory that was more my reality than not so i fucks with it heavy personally mm. but there are some people believe it or not or like yo i knew from the first time i heard this this was my shit at like three years old so i was dancing and playing drums and i'm like bro <laughs> what you were three playing drums and shit man i was the laziest three yeah now nah, different people advance differently <clears throat> right like i think that the Thanks. older that we all get and the more kids that we all have and see our friends have we see how children develop and it's like yeah there's no explanation for it nah. like some kids you know like randomly or just like genius like you know they're yeah. walking at like six months and they're yeah. talking at like eight months and they're like reading at like a year and a half and then you got other kids that they develop and they're like, they don't start reading till like they're like mm. four or five, you know, they don't start understanding stuff till later. And that's not like a, that there's never, I, I always think that, that people get too caught up in that. Like I got uh, my friend villain, he just had his daughter, uh, which is my goddaughter uh, about two years ago now. And mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, 
he was talking about her, his child's mother's family's, you know, concerns with her development. And I'm like, like, you don't ever have to concern yourself with children. Every child develops at a different pace and it doesn't really matter. I think, mm. cause it's one of those things where it's like, what, what, what do you want your kids to peak in, in infancy? You know, like, nah, for you, real know, though. you like- know, like, it's like they they're gonna develop how they develop. Really, what matters the most, I think, is your young adult development, Honestly, not even yeah. your teenage development. <laughs> it's really when you're when you hit those twenties that things start getting a little bit more pivotal, and your development start starts becoming like a more of a thing that people should take concern with. You know, I just think mm. it's like fascinating, right? Because we talk to a lot of people who've done like long stuff, right? Like people deep in, I've talked to people who are like 20 years old, even then. And it's just random. It's just, it's like, it's almost just the randomest thing ever. I've just come to the realization that anybody can start at any time and end up at any place at any age. And there's no real way to like know what happens, but we all just have our part to play in our journey in it. So that's what's super cool about like just learning about the journeys. Um, but in your world, just before we move on to like when you do start refining your taste, I like to ask uh, about just, you know, drawing because, you know, technically graffiti and whatnot's one of the elements. So I'm just like to ask if people have an interest in drawing and the visual arts in general. Um, I, I, I love the visual arts. And to be honest, and you and you probably would would never know from hearing me rap or hearing me even talk, I dislike books. Mm. I cannot sit and read a book. Fuck yeah, Chilla. I'm on your team. It's tough for me. Yo, it's 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 tough for me, right? And as 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 a young kid, that there the interest in books for me was the challenge of being able to read and recognize the words, right? Um which, which is great, you know, which is, you know, part of my fascination with words in the English language. But as an adult, the last thing I want to do in any scenario is read a fucking read book. A book. Let, let me watch a movie. Let me, let me get a documentary. A documentary. Get, you know what I'm saying? I love documentaries. That's, that's what I like. That's what I need. G- give me, give me a, a podcast, an audio book. I'm cool with that. I do not want to sit and read words off of a page for two or three hours at a time. I, I, it doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do it for me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So an article, I, maybe a lengthy article at max, right? Like I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not mad at that, especially if it's even concerning a, lengthy, a topic. That'll even a lengthy article might turn me off. Like if I start scrolling and I see it, the little thing on the side is really small. And this is gonna be too many pages. I'm like, yo, fam, bro, you it gotta give the better interesting it topic to like for me. write this much about. But I get it. I do get it. Sometimes I don't want to sit there and read. But, yo, sometimes I'm just like, yo, because I don't, like, sit there. I, I walk, man. I just I walk around my apartment and I read. So I get my, and, like, And that could on. be my problem because, because I need to do that sometimes. I was never a person. I, so I didn't finish high school. I dropped out of school in ninth grade. Okay. And, and part of what it is for me, and I realized this as I got older, I learn and absorb things in a different way. There are a lot of times where I need to be either standing up or moving around. Interesting. As I'm hearing, like, like if I'm trying to, me- for instance, if I'm trying to memorize, let's say I'm trying to memorize 
material for a battle, I could I could never sit here sit here like this and do it. I would need to get up. I would need to act it out. I would yeah. need to to have a space to where I can walk back and forth. I, yes. I I could not just sit here like in a chair still and be reciting it. It it something about it I can't do. It, and it's the same thing for um you know if if I'm if I'm watching something or you know anything like that. I like for whatever reason I like for stuff to be happening in the background. Okay. You know what? I, that, I like to I like to have the window open and hear the sounds of the city while I'm watching a movie or like. You know what? <laughs> when it comes when it comes to the memorization part in in your battles, I think that that right like without me like trying to, you know, it, it, I think that I wouldn't compare my career to yours. Right? So let me get there first, right? <laughs> but what I'm saying is that as battle rappers in that like worked in this modern era, right? I uh, way shorter than you, right? But um. I remember for me, I always used to same try to memorize my shit and work on the repetitiveness of memorization, going up and down the stairs, working on my breath control while we do it. Because I think that our, our, in battle rap, there's so much more of a physical performance aspect to, mm. um, your performing of your, of your bars that, mm -hmm. that it makes more sense for us to memorize it in that fashion. Right. So like, right. and, to, and to do and to yeah, practice even, it even in that, that fashion work to that effect. You were like mm -hmm. the first person I've talked to that even said anything of the variety to me. So it's like, yo, all these top people I've talked to the first person to be like, nah, I got to stand up to memorize my shit. I never even thought about that. Like, cause yo, sometimes in like personally, I'm, I'm on like this quest to try to find excellence. So anytime somebody tells me some shit I never mm. thought about, I never even tracked it. I don't even know if I need to stand up or sit down to record it because I never thought about it until Chilla Jones just taught us all that that's a thing we need to care about maybe. Maybe. You might not need to care about it, but it's still a thing worth looking into further. Thinking about that. So, so yeah. Um, when did you start to develop your own preferences for music and start to get into it more like, yo, I really enjoy this and start to refine those tastes and get more specific? Like, do you remember some of the earlier yeah. songs that you got um, into? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll tell you what. What really kind of kind of changed things and turned the tide? There was a um, a Christmas. Forgive me, I don't remember the exact year, but I, I want to say I was maybe eleven or 12 but but I, I was pretty young and i and i had gotten two cds for christmas from my sister my older sister um one was uh jay-z the dynasty one was one and one was one was a Nas project. I can't remember which. If I was it around I, the same time, if it was around the same time, it might have been. Um, he had Stillmatic out uh, after. I, wanna, I don't know if it was. I don't. Stillmatic came. It might have been. 
Nostradamus. It might have been Nostradamus. I think Nostradamus it was that one. still might have came out when I was in high school. So if you're a bit before that, then it would have been Nostradamus. Yeah, it might have been Nostradamus because it might have been. Yeah, yeah, because Dynasty came out before Blueprint, and Nostradamus came out before Stillmatic, and Stillmatic right. came out kind of like as an answer to Blueprint. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and that that you know those those gifts you know. The, the thing that I didn't understand at the time was why, why these projects? Okay. Why, 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 why these albums? Why these artists? Um, it was those artists because those are the artists that my sister was into. So for her, she was sharing her preferences and what she liked and, and wanting to put me on to some, to some of the stuff, maybe to see if I could get into it. Because remember up to that point, I, I was, agree. you know, I, I, I didn't have a huge interest in rap. I was really an R and you know, R R and B is, is all I was Mom into. Playing R and B, you're right. into R and B. Right. You know what sister. I mean? And so, you know, my, my, my sister's into R and B also, but, um, you know, but her and my older brother were also heavily into the Jay Z's, the the Big L's, Big Puns. You know, and you know, just for context, um, my sister is so I'm 87 is when I was born. My sister is 83. Okay. And my older brother is 77. If that puts into context, yeah, when they were age wise, yeah, yeah, there's some gaps there, and that that would explain each of their tastes. It wouldn't exactly. be surprising if your brother, if I were to ask your brother and your sister their top five, I wouldn't be surprised if your brother were to be like Kane, G-Rap, Rock, Kim, and your sister were to be like, you know, Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas type thing, you know? Ex because that's exactly. what happens with those yeah. with those birth years. Exactly. Um, you know, so, you know, that was the reason behind the, the albums that I got. And that's when I feel like I started to listen like really listen not just hear but listen and develop yeah can you can you tastes. just can you just clarify what you mean by the difference between listen and hear for the people that's a good distinction to make absolutely you can hear something and not be listening to it at all you can hear a sound you can hear a conversation happening in the other room and have no idea what they're talking about but you can hear the vocal tones the voice the inflections but when you're listening you are hearing with intention you are trying to figure out mm. what's being said how it's being said why it's being said that way and what it means right um so that you know the, that christmas was when things shifted when i went from hearing music to listening to music listening to the lyrics listening to the flows the, the the pockets the cadences the you know that's when i really started to pay attention to what was being said it wasn't just about the beat how fast it was how up tempo it was the instruments being used it it, it became what is he talking about okay what is he saying what is he referring to he's talking about drama he has with somebody else who's he talking about and, and so it's you know it's those those songs and those you know influences that started it and from there it went to 
liking people like Cannabis, Red Man, Method Man, um, A Plus. Uh, the cool name to throw. Yeah, that's a good. That's a that's a A plus. That's a, that's a that's a that's a cool name to throw. You know what? I'll interrupt real quick just to like there's a hip hop, you know, super hip hop head um thing. Like there's certain names that most people aren't going to name. And they don't name them because they're not the popular guys, right? And most mm-hmm. times, you know, like you expect to hear, like, you know, Tupac, Nas, Jay-Z, Biggie. These are people's usual favorites. Then you have your second tier list of names, you know, your super big names as well, right? Like names like Redman and Method Man. It's like, uh, if that's second tier, I'll gladly take a second tier, you know, <laughs> level career, you know, whatever. There's, but they're still popular names. But then you have right. other names. You have these these other names that when people name Pharrell Monch, A Plus, Tragedy, Special Ed, um, uh, uh, um, Chub Rock, um, mm-hmm. there are certain names that when you name them, it's like, oh, <clears throat> you know, you know, you know something a little extra about rapping that most you're paying attention to somebody who's clearly a head and shoulders talent that people expected to be all those names that are top tier names. A plus was the guy before he was like, he was supposed to be him and Shaheem essentially were supposed to be like this new level of crisscross bow wow type of artist that like gets big young, but like people expect to become the guy. Special Ed also had that about him. Right. Where like people expected him to become the guy. The level mm-hmm. that they that they displayed at one point on record was like just so flawless that people would sometimes put them in those conversations. Like there was at one point a conversation of like, you know, if Mike Geronimo or Nas is better. And like when you look back at in retrospect, people might like laugh at it, but it's like, no, you just weren't around for that moment in time. Mike Geronimo was a very talented rapper, very gifted rap-wise, lyrically, and flow-wise. And so A-plus is one of those names that, like, he doesn't ever get mentioned much at all, if at all. And, like, Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely a crime because he was really, really, really talented guy. Fair enough. Yeah, for sure. Lyrically, he was very, very, very dope, man. Very dope. One one of my favorites. His his verse on uh Beast from the East was I know I know cannabis gets a lot of shine for for, for that, but he, he was cold on there also. But mm-hmm. um but yeah, you know, um, you know, that but you know, those two gifts kinda led me down this rap rabbit hole, right? Where I started to figure out who I liked and what I liked. Um the the preferred tempos of what i liked the the content the feeling that that it would invoke i think part of the reason why i i kind of gravitated a lot to jay-z is because he was one of the few people i felt like that was saying things that would that would make me react Mm. it would make me feel something and again through my you know connection with r&b that was something that was important to me I want to hear something that that connects me to the person rapping, whether I relate to it, whether I can empathize, sympathize, say something that that makes me, you know, for whatever reason, draw a tie to you. 
And and at that time, for me, Jay-Z was, was doing that in a, in a heavy way. Um, but, uh, but, but that's around the time when, like, I started to really develop my preferences. I would say that's probably around 11 or 12. So I got a question about how you developed your preferences, more at, like, a logistical level then. So how did mm-hmm. you find music? Like, what was it like in Boston at that age, at that time, being that time? Like, what do you do to find music? Um, at that time, uh, in, in general, there were, like, uh, you know, we had Strawberries, we had Tower Records, we had... Um, you know, these different shops or, 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 or places where you could go, whether for cassettes, for vinyls, for, for you know, other things like that. And so I actually had, right next to the corner store, right around the corner from my house, there was a, um, you know, like a, like a mom and pop music spot. They had all, all the, you know, when new stuff got released, you, normally you could find a limited quantity there. There was one time... Mm. <laughs> that I, I don't know if it was for my birthday or whatever, but I had like maybe $10. And I walked into that store <laughs> and I didn't know what I was looking for. I didn't know what I wanted. I just looked around. I saw a, a cassette tape, a cover that looked cool. I went to the counter. I asked the man how much it was. He said it was $10. Had a ten dollar bill. Said, "Oh, this is great. I'm gonna. Here you go. Here's the ten. I'm, I'm gonna take this tape and, and play it." <laughs> so I got home, started to play the tape, and it was DOS effects. Mm. And it was the explicit version. <laughs> so. <laughs> so my, my mom heard it, didn't enjoy it, and then walked back around the corner with me to the to the to the spot. Yo, hilarious, excuse yo. me, walked back a corner with me to the spot, and then cussed out the dude for selling me an explicit cassette tape. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know that that you know back at, in those days, that was the. That, that was what, what people did, you know what I'm saying? Whether they were waiting on the next cassette, okay. whether they were waiting on the next vinyl, um, you know, we would go to these little spots, again, like Strawberries or Tower Records or anything like that, um, and seek it out. Now, going into the era where I'm developing my preferences and things like that, you started to see things like Napster, Kazan, Morpheus. Yeah. All these, all these different, you know what I'm talking about. I all do. these different, you know, peer-to-peer, you know, music sharing softwares and 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 all that stuff. And that is when everything just blew open. When I could just search a name and and find, you know, fifty different MP3s or 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 different songs. That's when I was starting to find and see. Like, for the person that I was obsessed with that week, I could find everything 
almost everything that they had ever done and just go through it. And I search again the next day and try to find something I didn't find the day before. Um, that was a that was a big way that I, that I got into people like Cassidy, Graf, um, Cicero, Fab, A Team, Hitchcock, and Ransom. Um, there was there was you know so many artists that I got hit to during that time that I think if it weren't for the, the Napsters and all that, I, I may never have gotten hit. To. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I could go around the corner and find a, a you know, a, a Cassidy cassette at that time or a Cassidy, you know what I'm saying? So like, right. um, Yo, so I think at that point, time, eh? that, that, that was so key and being able to, to hear about, learn and discover a lot of underground talent. You know, I would, yeah. I just realized when you say that, like, I just realized, like, you know what it is, is that, like, the internet, um, uh, those sites specifically, they brought the New York City ness of hip hop to everyone everywhere. So, like, where we always had a Chinatown, Harlem, certain places that we knew we could go get mixtapes. We had mixtape, but you know, mix show DJs playing on mm -hmm. our regular FM on uh, Monday through, you know, uh, the the whole week, Sunday through Saturday, you know, twenty four hours, seven days a week. But we had that level of exposure where we had Stretch and Bobito like curating these these uh these up and coming underground act, uh, you know, rappers that nobody had heard before. Where we had that, and the rest of the world didn't the internet brought that to the rest of the world. It was like, here you go. Like, here's everything that exists that is popping everywhere. And just that's to like, a... Mm -hmm. Just to, like, add on to that question, though, uh, was there anything that was, like, hip-hop radio that would give you guys kind of a taste of new stuff that would, you know, people were buzzing to in Boston at that time? Oh, I mean, that was jamming 94.5. Um, which is still which is still around, and that that was probably the the leading radio station in regards to like the latest hip hop, um, rap, R and B joints. So if there was a new song out, you you could tell how hot it was by how many times in an hour this this radio station played it. You know what I'm saying? Um, outside of that. There was Source Magazine, you know. Th that was kind of like the uh, the only other way to, to really see what was hot and what was popping was through the magazines and through, you know, mixtapes at that time were, was, you know, really popular. And so sometimes locally, um, people would go to New York, get a bunch of mixtapes, whether from DJ Clue, DJ whoever, bring them to Boston and sell them. And so that also became a way for us to, to hear, you know, maybe that next cat that's ready to blow up from New York or from Philadelphia or from, you know, wherever he's from on, on the East Coast or the Midwest or the West Coast or whatever. Um, there's a lot of people I heard from the first time on DJ Clue tapes. Okay. And from there, I would hear this mixtape and I would be like, damn. This dude is fire. Who is 
French Montana or who is, you know, whoever. And, the, and then from that song, I would want to hear more songs. I would, I would go right to my Napster and find that fucking song. And then, and, and then you know, look, look for more. You know what I'm saying? So um, outside of that, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of access to a lot of the new, new stuff that was popping, the, the underground guys that were good. And, you know, bef- before the internet age, news didn't travel that fast. Mm. So uh, unless, it was a, unless it was television um, or unless it was like a major label backing and pushing a specific artist or music record, videos and playing on everybody's radio, everywhere. MTV, BET, VH1, you know what I mean? Yeah, we know, we know all those names throughout the years, you know, like that's why Crisscross is one of those names, like same as MC Hammer or Vanilla Ice, right? Because these are people that like their hits became so global that like, it, they're known everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's ubiquitous. Yeah, yeah but it's super sure. interesting because, like, yeah, I mean, Montreal's kind of the same, right? Like, we got stuff even later though because it was Canada. It would be like a different release <laughs> date, right? At some point, we got aligned. But even today in the world, there are places where like video games don't release. The, some countries just get it like three weeks later, or whatever. And that's still a thing that happens. Uh, <clears throat> not with music, because whatever it is, what it is with Spotify and whatnot. But um, yeah. so it's, it's interesting to hear that all of that, right? Because again, it like also gives it means that honestly, you're only being exposed to like the best of the best in a sense, right? Because it's only whatever could like trickle its way to you, whatever was hot enough to come from New York to you. It wasn't just going to be like everything, which is super nifty to me. Was there a lot of like shows and stuff that you would go to when you were in high schools and teenage years and whatnot? Um, out here, not not really. Um, Boston never has been, and even now still is not a huge hip hop city. And I say that in a sense of, you know, having been to New York and spent time there in Los Angeles and other places, um, you could go to New York and go to EO Dub or go to, you know, certain places, certain events, damn near daily. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You, you, if, depending on where you were, you, you might could go find an open mic. You might could go find, you know, a mixtape release party. You could go, you know, certain things. But out here, the, the, the city does not support that. If you go, if we go to a venue, if I go right now to a, to a venue in downtown Boston, I say, hey, I, I, I want to do a show here, a hip hop show. They'll charge me three times, but they would charge you if you went in there and said, I want to do a country show. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. That's, that's just how it is. That's how it's always been. And for, you know, as somebody who, you know, in my early 20s was running a battle league in a battle company, it was super frustrating to have to deal with. I can imagine. I could not get close to the inner city of Boston because the venues would price me out. Yeah, and unless I wanted to take an extraordinary loss financially, it, it didn't make sense for me to even, you know, pursue it beyond that point. It was just Middle East, right? Like, if I'm not... If that's I'm, it. Like, that's it, right? That's it. Yeah. Middle, 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 Middle East, East was in Paradise Rock one of, those, Club. one of those 
venues that yeah. like they got their promoters and that's it bro like nobody yeah, else is here to make money like, this isn't for nobody else this isn't a I this is a venue uh, that like other promoters can use and like chiller could have went in there and thrown up like nah nah right. it's not the way it works yeah, yeah i wonder like how many places are like that honestly i just yeah i don't think a lot about it but i know montreal has a i wouldn't say it's that bad but we have our own versions of that that happen here where like hip-hop is definitely Ooh. has issues just the, the the word alone everything changes if you're if you're a bunch of yeah. rappers it doesn't even matter what yeah. you look like it doesn't matter if you look like me i promise you say the words hip-hop and it's like <laughs> it <is. clears throat> um and it's a problem absolutely uh but yeah, no that's to this day yeah 2021 for real, real. To this day. well to be fair nobody corporate, knows what corporate, it is now. corporate corporations and corporate environments aren't hip-hop friendly what's funniest though is that like at one point or another all companies and corporations throughout the last 10 to 20 years have at some point or another tried to do something hip-hoppy you know what i mean because of what it is like with like the impact is global and like it like i i tell people all the time it's like the 70s and the 60s and that era like that was like that was like a rock era, you know, like the 70s, maybe early 80s, you know, that was like a rock era and that was mm. the rock era, period. You know, like there were other forms of music, absolutely, but rock ruled in that era and Perhaps. like come come along to nowadays, like hip hop rules the world. Mm. Like everybody across mm. the entire globe listens to some form and variety of hip-hop it's local to their country and their people and dialect but it's still hip-hop because yeah. hip-hop has like changed the world on top of that Perhaps. if you go to any corporate event you're gonna hear hip-hop in the playlist yeah. it's just what it is because it's like 100 um all right so when did, did you develop like an interested writing or any of this while you were in high school or did that come later on in life were you like when yeah i guess oh, that, that was high school man that was high school and how that really like got sparked and got started was um we, we would freestyle battle okay we would freestyle battle at lunch and it was innocent it was fun it was you know something we look forward to we, we would make matches and be like all right on friday we're gonna doing and then and then, like it, the anticipation of it like it it was so dope and eventually that led to us making a hip-hop club yeah. that we would that we would go to after school for for an hour or two on certain days um and that turned into us making a mixtape with all different rappers and artists in the school so you, you would have people who were just trying rap. You would have people who had been maybe, you know, writing and rapping on their own privately, who just were shy and didn't want to share their skills. And there's a different combination of, of young teenagers who all had a fascination with hip hop, who, who all, you know, who would all just sit in front of our computer microphones in between breaks on AIM and, and, and record little verses and little songs and stuff like that so those battles turned into diss songs on the mixtapes we would diss each other we would diss the teachers in school we would diss the principal we would and it it just was the the cool thing to do but that process 
is what got me in the mindset in the form of writing, creating, um, putting words together, rhyming, and then very quickly it got into multisyllabic rhyming. So instead of just rhyming, you know, dog and log and frog, and then it went to, you know, cat in the hat, jack in the back, you know, different, you know, different uh, rhyme structures and started to get more creative. And, and from there, I, I just fell in love with not only writing, but the English language, man. Um, uh, very, very quick related story. I went to uh, private school in the early part of my, my life up into sixth grade. Seventh grade, I switched to public school and, you know, was introduced to Latin. I went to a school that was dealing with and taught Latin. And through that class, I, fa I failed every other class at that school <laughs> because I didn't feel challenged. It didn't, it didn't pique my interest. Mm. I, I was, from what I had learned in private school, a lot of the stuff that I was learning, you know, for instance, going from sixth grade at a, at a, at a private school to seventh grade to a public school, I was learning stuff in this seventh grade of the public school that I learned in fifth grade at the private school. Right. I don't want to do this shit again. So, so it, you know, it, the, the, the motivation wasn't there. It was boring, but I didn't take Latin there. Latin was new to me. It piqued my interest. And then when I could decipher the the English words that derived from certain Latin words, it it sparked a thought process that allowed me to be able to break down words in such a way that you can show me a word that I've never seen but I probably know the Latin word that it's derived from. And because I know that, Bruh. I can probably tell you the definition of that word. That is one of the coolest flexes anybody's actually made. Yeah, no, that, that's just that's flat flex. Big facts. Bro, that's so cool. I don't know how many people it's, tell it's, you that, but that's the yeah. coolest shit ever, my guy. Wow. It's, 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 it's incredible to me, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, you know... During that time in my life, I just I just fell in love with the English language, bro. Like entirely, just just in terms of where it came from, how 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 languages were 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 created and put together, the meanings of certain words, and to to hear a word in Latin and then to be like, okay, so this is where these three English words come from. I get it now. Now I get why the English word is this. I get, you know, everything about it, whether from prefixes to, to, to suffixes to, um, everything, man, it, it, it just helped tenfold to increase my understanding of the English language. And that becomes especially important when dealing with wordplay, mm -hmm. which is my specialty. So having, having gone through that experience as a teenager, I think has shaped my mind and my thought process in such a way that that now I excel with wordplay and with 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 you know how I put certain things together in my battle rap and in my rap career and in my music even um, it's it's just crazy to um, to think about but I literally 
I guarantee you would not be as skilled and talented with the English language if I did not take Latin in yeah. seventh grade and eighth grade and ninth grade. That is and uh, I was going to ask, was that, in, um, was that in Dorchester, the school? The school is called Boston Latin Academy. It is... Work. Work. So it's in... Yeah, so so it's it's in Roxbury, which is right next to Dorchester. Um, yeah. It's about it's probably ten minutes from where I'm sitting right now. Um, but I'm uh, asking because, like, I'm aware that like Boston has like a big, huge uh, Latin population. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I'm like, I like it. it it figures, you know, like yeah. Uh, my homie villain, like I forget uh, the exact acronyms for like his, like you know, I don't know if it was there's, gang there's... or group of friends, but it was mm-hmm. something that had Latin. It was like black, like Afro Latin Union, something, you know, uh, yeah. uh, you know. But like I'm, I'm aware of the fact that like there's a a, a huge like uh, Latin population up there, and like the the uh, integration is yeah. is proper the way that it is in New York City type shit. So, yeah, I got a question. Can you rap in, rap in Latin? Are you able to bust us? Like, <laughs> no, no <laughs> I, I can't rap or, or, I mean, I can, I can put sentences together on paper, but I, but I can't speak it fluently. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't go to, to Italy or, you know, no, I, I couldn't do that. If I was bumping some future fucking Chili Jones, and even if it was a, a one, two bar in straight Latin, bro, you don't understand how much I trip. That would be the hypest thing ever. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll do a few. I'll, I'll do a few. I'll yeah. figure it out. I got, I gotta, I gotta get back in, in that bag. I haven't been in that bag for a little while in terms of like, like that, that, that used to be, man, listen, I'm a straight nerd. That used to be my shit, man. Like we used to have competitions and different, like, um, diff, different, you know, there's, there's this thing called Kirtana, hmm. which is essentially Jeopardy. But it's con- concerning all things Latin. So it's concerning like Latin, like grammar rules and things, um, Roman history, Greek mythology, um, so cool. uh, literary works like the the uh, the Odyssey, the Iliad. Um, you know, works from like Virgil and different different poets and stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's literally something we would literally go to other schools in teams of four and compete against other teams of four from other schools in our district. And they would just ask us questions and we would fucking have little fucking Jeopardy buzzers and fucking buzz in and, and answer questions. Now here's now here's a crazy flex, right? Um, I don't know if you guys have, I don't know how heavy you guys are on Instagram. Or if you have ever ever seen uh, a post or a meme from from a an author that goes by Young Pueblo. Sorry, which one? Nah, Young Pueblo. Young Pueblo. 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 Nah, Young Pueblo. Um, might have, right? I might have not even realized. You might have seen it and not realized it. That's it. You might I'm see it in the next That's month. what I'm saying. I'm going to be watching for it now. It's more to think. Yeah. You might you might see it just, you know, because he his, his stuff gets around. He's got like a million and two, million point two followers, maybe. Mm. Um, yeah. 
it's not like he's but not he famous. Was, he was mm-hmm. he was he was my sidekick in all of these competitions. All of these competitions, we would go to other schools and whoop ass in this That's Latin nice. Roman based Jeopardy type of like. It's, it's such such a cr- crazy world, but like it's you know looking yeah, back at like all the experiences that really really shaped who I am, how I am, how I think. It's it's so interesting. You start to understand the the power of every decision. Like Facts. that butterfly effect shit is so real. If Facts. you go back in time, if you go back in time and miss one train that you caught in your original life, do you know how different your life can be in five years? It's that serious, man. Yeah. And and so keeping that in mind, looking back at the experiences that really shaped me and who I am, it's it's just crazy. It's crazy to, to, to think, what if I had just gone to, I had an option to go to this public school that was 10 minutes from my house, which ended up being Boston Latin Academy where I went. Or I had the opportunity to go to another school called Belmont Hill, which was an hour away from my house. It was another private school. It was going to cost my mom an arm and a leg to send me there, although I got a partial scholarship for basketball. And I chose the school that was 10 minutes away because I didn't want to put that burden on my mother. But what if I had chosen to go to this all-boys school that does not teach Latin, that specializes in athletics. Chilla Jones, the rapper, isn't sitting Chilla here right now. Yeah, I might Chilla be Jerome Jones, the wide receiver, or that may not have worked out, and I could have been Jerome Jones, the accountant. Who fucking knows? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's like every decision it has such huge implications on the rest of your life, man. It's so crazy to look back and really, really see like all of the decisions that shaped where I am now. Yeah, I love that. Big facts. Honestly, I just think it's so interesting too that you managed to do Latin Jeopardy and that made you somehow like you know champion of the year dude in 2020. You know, like it's just like the connection is wild, man. Yeah, that's why it's so so it's so wild. But it absolutely played a part. Absolutely played a role in. And how I prepare for battles, how I put Yo, words together, how I put punchlines together. Just to highlight the, the other huge thing that you highlighted. One thing is that like y'all got together and basically uh, formed a club, like an after school thing, is what I understood. That was pretty much y'all love hip hop. Let's get together, and then created an environment that had y'all learning how to make songs, like off the even if they weren't like the best. Yo, that is like. I'm 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 not jealous of a lot a lot of the times. I wish my high school had that shit. Yo, for real. Like that would have been the blessest thing ever. It was it was dope. It was such a dope experience, man. I mean, every everything was brand new. Every everything was was new to us. We we downloaded freaking acid. Do you remember acid? I do not. Acid was was a recording program. Very basic, like one step up from like windows recorder it was literally like like just a program yeah, now I remember you, acid. I remember yeah acid. you could I just hope, record straight audio tracks yeah you know what i'm saying that's what we recorded all of our tracks on there was no punching in there was no like 
doubles really. We get on there. You got to nail your verse. If you fuck up your verse, you got to delete the whole take and do it over. If you're doing, you know what I'm saying? The only thing we would do is separate takes for separate verses. But like, we we weren't stopping halfway through the verse and saying, all right, yo, punch me in. Let me start right there. You couldn't you couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, we, did, we didn't know what to, to yo, even try to do that's that. That's so interesting, We didn't too. understand that, that, that you could do that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's how, how fresh we were in regards to like really getting used to and, and getting familiar with you know hip-hop and and recording and things like that and i didn't start going to like an actual professional studio until i turned 17. Okay, it's still my brother cool who was a singer was going to a, a professional studio and had bought me some studio time just for me to go in there and to hear oh. how my voice sounded in an Yo, actual studio. What's your what's your brother's name, bro? Shout him out, dude. Hey, my brother's right? name is Leon, Mr. Jones. We actually have a group, Jones Inc. He's a singer. Mm -hmm. I'm a rapper. We got a single with Method Man dropping in two months. Oh, be on the lookout. I'm on the lookout now. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy, man. It's gonna be wow. crazy. Yeah, but uh, but, but he, you know, as as far as the music side. My brother is the one who sparked that. My brother is the one when he put me in that studio and allowed me to hear my voice, allowed me to under, understand what double ups were, ad libs were, you know, intros to songs, levels. You know, when I started to see see it and 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 then visually see the sound waves, like that whole experience for the first time, I was hooked. I was addicted. From that point, you don't you don't got to buy me no more time. I'm taking my paychecks. And half of them are going to the studio every week so I can be in here just having fun and recording stuff and getting better. And from there, man, it just, I just continued to grow and get better and better and better. Um, all of that doesn't happen, man, if we don't start this hip hop club, you know. So cool in high school but yo but because yo because like that's like where it's it's super nifty where it's like if people and where like other places can hear it and like kind of moss take away from it is like y'all other schools can implement that kind of an environment which would just create so many positive avenues for so many people and like i don't know the more i listen to people tell me their story the more i realize that environments that fostered creativity like that when people are like teenagers end up all of those teenagers actually pursue music and shit for like a lot of their life and it's it's really interesting like there's this one youth center in montreal where like for a while half the hip-hop scene had recorded at or performed at at least one time like it's just, just having it available has such an impact on people but um then you get to this part where you're now actually at like 17 so you're battling still in the lunchrooms while this is all going on you're still doing that battle stuff so you're, you're already getting into kind of a low end of promotion with your hyping up your fridays or what i believe it was where you have your matchups and whatnot so y'all are already kind of doing the battle thing you're simultaneously doing the songwriting thing and you're doing all of this while in high school like you're not even out of high you're not even an adult my guy that's fucking crazy awesome i was i was flunking all of my classes all yeah. of my classes yeah so yeah. you know take it for take it for what it's worth you know it, it, I, I was developing in, in one sense and and doing things in 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 one lane but 
my you know my academics was was shit and it you know I again, it, yeah it, you know I mean, it wasn't an intelligence it. thing it's not it wasn't a nah, you know, i'm not yeah, no, to do it it was it was intelligent. just like man this this has my attention this is what intrigues me this is what fascinates me i'm not trying to do this work that i did we're in private here, school two years ago sorry. i don't want to do that we're sitting here talking to you today all this time later i think you hedged your bets correctly to be fair i would yep. say so I feel no shame like I was saying, right? Like I was when, when we were talking about children, right? And the development, like, because to me, I'm like, none of that matters. Like not even high school. I'm also, uh, uh, I'm, well, I'm, a, I'm a high school dropout, right? Mm. Uh, I got my GED, you know, but mm. like that has no implications on my intellectual level. Like I, I, I did not go to college and I spent my college years traveling the U.S. and doing and, and, and like helping my friends that were in college with their college work. Like mm. they could, you know, like they were coming to me still for help with their shit in school. So like that has no implications. You know, degrees and things like that really have no implication on Not your actual now. intelligence. Yeah, I dropped out of university. It really has to do with your access to <laughs> to school and and with your like personal commitment level to uh, the the school system that was put on you. You know, so uh, right. yeah, that doesn't have nothing to do with your intelligence level at all. Now, if anything, like, yo, there's something that is weird that happens when you talk to a bunch of people with degrees in mass, man. It's like there's this like conditioning look university has value as like a networking option and like there's a lot of values to it in certain life paths or whatever but man i'm not really pro school for like everyone everyone there's like certain people it makes sense but also your justification is mad cool it also points out just a, a real honestly a big reality there is like a privilege to education and if you're in a good good school you're going to be taught certain things. But, yo, I went through an experience myself where we did a book report on the giver in grade six. Then grade seven comes around and we did a book report on the giver. And I'm like, bro, I don't want to do this. We didn't even read it the second time. Me and this next girl, who, <laughs> like, we, were, we didn't even read it. We just, like, fucking wrote the report. We still got high grades because we already did the shit. So when you said uh, that to me, I'm like, bro, I get it. Done. Whatever. Now you're just killing it. So it's like right moves for you. It's not necessarily yeah, yeah, right moves for everyone. But for you, it made total sense. And like yeah. you said, right, like every decision, like that's why it sounds to me like you're of the same mindset that, that like uh, no regrets, no regrets. You know what I mean? Like, no, I mean, you know, like because everything is the way that it was supposed to be for you to be where you are at and where you at in life. And nice. if you're not unhappy with your life, then there's no reason that you should regret anything because it got you to where you are. And you know, like, yeah, absolutely. I don't think that you're in a, a, in a bad position at all. You're, you, you know, like you should take five Like, yeah, these I'm, are all I'm, I'm blessed. These are all double moves and shit. You know, yeah, Facts. blessed. Facts, man. You're definitely in, in an interesting position today. I was uh yeah. watch, I watched your last battle there with the well the K Shine battle. I actually subscribed yes, to URL just to make sure I could watch that because it was like significant. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a what, lot. What? What? Look, yeah, I, I was gonna ask you what. What is your? How? How often do you watch battle rap? 
Yo, and then I what watched. Was, what was your assessment of the battle? So I watched no battle rap until he's uh, Liddy Bro Flacco's like you're interviewing Iron Solomon on like what December something January something, so I start mm -hmm. researching him, and then I start researching uh, Bones Brigante, and I start researching Poison Pen. I start researching all these people, and via researching all these people, like I start to become more ingratiated in it. So I watched your battle with Arsenal. And it was inch because I knew who Arsenal was at that point. I'm like, okay, I get that. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, you battled Daylight at one point. Now that's on a list I want to watch because I've gotten to like become mm. familiar with Daylight. As so, I'm like as new as the shit gets, but kind of get it yeah. mostly because of that bodied movie. So I yeah, watched this before <laughs> we started working together. He wasn't really. You know, he was just doing album reviews of. Yeah. Hip hop stuff that had, you know, like um, you know, Red and Mad, Busta Rhymes. So I can uh, tell people, like, I can tell people all yeah, about right, how your like 2014 mixtape that you dropped, uh, Welcome to Boston, mm -hmm. is a fucking smash. I can tell people Thank in you, great detail about why that's a smash. We get to your battle rap side, I just kind of get it, sort of. But I'm watching you do this battle with him, and it was like, well, first of all, you like walked right in and we're like bro in another environment you're gonna win but watch me win and you said it was like the first yeah. bars you said and i'm like oof that's bold but you could see it right <laughs> off the jump because the style like it was almost like the other guy wasn't reading the room correctly and this is my impressions watching it's a no disrespect to mr k shine because you could see how his performance was still lit and everything was perfect but it's like all the pauses and i'm like yo bro like what is with the pauses here i don't get it it doesn't feel right then you're coming through with this like boom 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 matrix stuff which was fun because i get it i'm at like the same age i get it matrix is this lit what it is but it also had that like double implication right to the situation right like mm -hmm. adding on to the different universes and environments and shit so i'm like cool this is fun and then you basically took that first round and then it was almost like he tried to freestyle back which was a mistake because he got insecure when it didn't land right and it broke his confidence yep. and you basically stole the rest of it because i mean mm -hmm. that's just kind of what happened you were just walking around with well, that's, your confidence a, that's, a, that's your a great analysis i i love it's a, really, it's a great analysis new, i love that you're new to battle rap and so like it there's no there's no allegiances for you, you know, no like, bias. i guess nah. maybe i guess maybe like as he as we keep going and you meet more, well, and no, more i mean people, i'll be real with like, you i have total bias i like the writers Daylight's already my like favorite right now, kind because mm. it's the theatrics and shit. Like I'll get, I already took a shit on the stage. I'm like, that's bars. I'm like, I don't know. That didn't make <laughs> me feel like bad. That did I was like, yo, that's bold. Whatever. I'm watching like his performances, and that's I'm like, the part of Daylight that I'm not like a uh, super fan of. Like I never tuned bro, into that. Bro, I used to watch like, Jeff Hardy and like, shit. You know, like you took a shit on stage. I was like. I'm not watching that. That's fair. I don't want to actually watch that battle, to be honest with you. I have no desire to, like, watch that content. Yeah, yeah, no. But, it, like, yeah. I'm like, listen, nobody else is really willing to do that. And that's, like, a level of... Yeah, no, nobody Nobody's going to... Most people wouldn't even Only be willing day. to pull their dick out in real life for all the talk they do about how hard they are. <laughs> And I'm like, yo, you're not even willing to flash what you got. Fair enough. But I know Daylight is because you did that. And that was bold. Yeah. So am I interested <laughs> in watching it? Nah. 
but have I watched that guy's performances be stellar a whole bunch? So yeah, I watched you come mm -hmm. in with like yeah. this like consistent build up of shit that I grew up loving on hip hop, and you rap like a song guy. You can hear the fact that you're basically doing a song a cappella the whole way through your verse. So all of that shit appeals to me in a way where it's preferences regardless. But do I have a, I don't even know what half the fucking groups are. So you're like talking about groups and I'm like, okay, there's names that you're dropping about affiliations that mean nothing to me. Cool, cool. Yeah. But I took that you were a solo guy and he was not. I yes. just got what I needed to get out of it, you know? The other side of it though, I could totally appreciate it because like the theatrics and shit i'm you almost could like you could hear the crowd was supposed to be like screaming and shit like you could almost yeah. hear what was supposed to happen but it was almost like in a weird sense when everything got stripped down it was just like you know it was cool it's like you exposed the charade of the theatrics of it not to say that the theatrics are inherently bad that would be my takeaway right. on that shit but i watched it like the one time dope dope it's a it's a very it's a very good analysis and the fact that you are able to pick up on certain things like the fact that you can pick up on on the you know the fact that um his performance in a in a different setting probably would have beat me it probably it probably would have you know be because in in larger groups and larger crowds if you have an event where there's 1,000, 2,000, well, 3,000 who chooses people, who wins? It's, it's, it's subjective. It's, fans, it's, it's, fans. it's subjective. It's subjective. It's subjective. It's, subjective. it's better so, that way. Better yeah, that so, way. If, so if you watch it and you think I won, then I won. If you think he won, then he won. There's no end-all, mm -hmm. be-all. There's no, you know, like, mm -hmm. website to go vote and see who wins after 24 hours. It's just how you feel. And and it, mm. it the, the debate is part of what makes... The battle rap culture is so exciting. The fact that you and I can watch the same battle and take different things from 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 the battle, it it makes it so much more interesting. So there is somebody that's gonna watch the same battle that you watched, and they're gonna say, "I think K Sign won," mm. and you're gonna say, "How? Why?" That's and fair. you get to go back and forth. And and see what their perspective is. I liked his energy. He was he was more faster paced than Chilla. He was you know more active. He was acting his bars out more. For some people, okay, those are the things that they look for. I respect. Now that for you, you're you're biased toward the writers, so Absolutely. you're going to prefer somebody like me. Facts or Every daylight or um, yeah, Iron Solomon or people like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, like if I can like. But that, that's again all preferences so like because like i remember watching a few of these battles and i'm like i don't even get where these other guys are just yelling at them and then flacco had to like break it down <laughs> to, it's not just yelling there's like more to it than that and i'm like okay fair enough um and then you, you start to talk to more people and understand i mean a lot of the history of it all you also like you like saw like my stuff and like i'm like a bit of a shouter myself so like your yeah. like first exposure is like some shouting ass motherfuckers, you know? Nah, what I mean? it was so, different. Like, <laughs> your your stuff has still got lyricals. I'm sorry, Flacco. You're not really what I mean when I say the Yellies. I can't remember the dude's name, but I remember watching one of these yeah. iron or not even iron. It was some next dude that we interviewed, and I'm watching this dude just scream. Oh, Bones! When yeah. we when we interviewed Bones, you were on Casa. 
Yeah, I, I was just like, <laughs> what is this? I didn't yeah, understand it. Was, you know what? My fault. My fault. Uh, my fault. So, like, by comparison, like Flacco, it's like, like, there's nothing. No, that was, like, serious. Yeah, 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 I, but then it was like, okay, then I started talking to all these people who were described. Because, you know, a lot of this t- shit from my, my, my understanding is environments, right? Everything is linked on the environment. So you watch certain vibes, and if that what they were rapping on beats, then that creates a whole lane. If they were rapping on this, it creates a whole lane. So if you're a songwriter that's also doing all this other shit is going to impact all the things that you do and if other people aren't songwriters whatever they're going maybe i'm not saying that they're not but like you know everyone ends up with different skill sets that they end up bringing to the table based on what they actually end up doing with their life in a quite literal level based on like the whole butterfly effect thing i don't know i'll fuss with everything i've seen in your battles i i don't know who i can say won in that arsenal one that was fucking close that was a really mm-hmm. that was like oof, I like both of you guys a lot in that one. It was like really That was a really, really good battle. Really good battle. Um, yeah. But otherwise yeah. now you have a lot of you have a lot on your resume that's like really like highly respected, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things where like uh that's why I think that like the champion of year is also like very like everybody looked at it like, yeah, yeah. Like right. this is I I I think that this year is clearly like the writer's year you know like facts the 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 crowd got stripped away and what we got left with was the writers as the crowd Mm. that's the Mm -hmm. only people that can be in the space is the people that are already performing so now you're you're performing to a bunch of writers so it's different and the environment's gonna be uh like Mm. almost a, a 180 you know where it's like completely different environment and so like to get champion of the year this that this year of all years like it it says something and i think that it's like it it's everybody's looking at it like definitely like deserved and respected you know like that's i don't think anybody's looking at it like what chill (laughs) nobody's doing that you know, nobody's doing that. I have a serious question. So I don't have any fucking idea what Champions of the Year is. I know that you you are this. I I understand that it's correlated to Smack URL thing in some way. Kind of. But, that, so, so, but like, so, there's no like so, easy Google on this one. <clears throat> yeah. So 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 Champion of the Year um, is done first of all by. Uh, a gentleman named Jay Black. Jay Black runs a show or has a uh, battle rap media platform that he that's called Champion, mm. where he talks about battle rap and different things. He reviews battles. He talks about you know storylines and issues going on in the battle rap culture. It's almost like um, it's almost. I don't want to say it's like a trying to compare it to like an ESPN show, but it's, it's on the same lines of like, say a first take. Right. Where, you know, he'll, he'll put out an episode on Monday and it'll be about, you know, the battle rap event that happened on Saturday. Then he'll put out uh, an episode on Tuesday and he'll have a battle rapper on talking about, you know, their battle coming up. Then he'll put out an episode Wednesday and it'll be about, you know, who are the top five best writers in battle rap. And every, you know, every episode is different or has a different topic or whatever. But it's a platform that he started about three or four years ago that he's built up, has a tremendous fan base, tons of support in the battle rap culture. 
three or four years ago, he decided at the end of every year, he wanted to reward the standout battlers every year, right? So in battle rap, there's no MVP per se. There's no, you know, champion, you know, per se. There's no championship per se. Um, but in his mind, he wanted to recognize the best battlers in every year. Mm. Um, which leads us to champion of the year. I believe this started in 2017, um, where the winner is awarded $10,000 and an actual physical championship belt. Hmm. For, you know, the whatever particular year. So, I am the 2020 champion of the year based off of my performances in 2020 during the pandemic. Um, the reward was a, li- was a little less. The reward is 5000 instead of ten, um, because of the pandemic. But, um, in my humble opinion... On, did you get the belt? This... I'm, I'm still waiting. I, I requested a, a, a Ted DiBiase million dollar belt. It's taking a little extra. It's taking a little extra time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I respect that. I respect it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but uh, you know, it, in in my humble opinion, um, this is the hardest year, or this was 2020 was the hardest year to win champion of the year. Mm. So for me. There's, there's a you know a little I give myself a little pat on the back for being able to do it in a year where there weren't any events with three thousand people or two thousand people. There was no influence or 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 as we call it gas that that could influence you know the the potency of my performances. It literally came down to you being in a room with your opponent. 10 to 15 people who raps better who's gonna rap better tonight and for the five battles that i had i was more often than not able to be the better rapper against some of the best guys in the world so to me i think it's a much more difficult feat to win in an era where Every word that you say is being watched and paid attention to. Yeah, super. Because scrutiny. normally, uh, that's not the case. And when you have again these events with the big crowds, two thousand, three thousand people, you can go on stage and say a nursery rhyme, and the building will flip upside down with cheers. But I got a question about it, that, just yeah. a little bit, because I, I I looked at the app today, because you know I made sure to like. I'm, I'm gonna pay for it, so I'm like I'm gonna look at it. So I see you're like ninth, which is it, unlike all of the rankings, which is nifty. I don't mm-hmm. know how the rankings work. Mm-hmm. You have our numbers, which don't mean anything to me, which is cool. I'm not like hating. It's just you have a lot of those numbers. <laughs> but it, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know if I vote. I don't know what I'm supposed to do on the app. That's not the point. The bigger point is, um, shit. Where was it going with that? Uh, wow, I completely lost my train of thought thinking about that. The, his position. He was in ninth. Or you um, oh, correlate yeah. That so people's going to be watching this shit on apps now and whatnot moving forward. So even with the crowd, does the crowd sway the internet? The crowd can. Absolutely. Because a lot of people, especially more casual fans, 
will watch the battle, whether online or on the app or what have you. And a lot of times, especially if such as yourself, you may not be privy to, you know what I'm saying, using K-Shine as an example, the the affiliations, the names of the groups. You may not understand some of the references that we make because maybe you're just not into the culture that far yet. Mm. So, so a lot of times for people like that, when determining in their minds who won the battle, a lot of times for them, it's dictated on who was able to get more reaction from the crowd. Okay. Even, even if it's a smaller crowd, it, a lot of times it's that they base it on. And again, there's no judgment. And at the end of the day, who you feel won is who you feel won based on what they're, what they say and how they perform. But a lot of people will be like, yeah, I, I feel like he won because the crowd liked him more. Okay. So that's why I was curious, because it looks like there's this rating system that's built into this. And I'm going to imagine that the future of battle rap ends up having more components like this more than not, just in the nature sure. of where tech is going. Mm -hmm. um, so, so do you feel that like this kind of year has kind of shifted the gears? I know this is a bit in the future stuff, but I'm just super curious because like I never get to ask yeah. this stuff really. I, I, I I think it has shifted the gears at least a little bit in that, um, you know, where where battle rap was and especially where battle rap was headed. Um, small, small, smaller room events, as we call them, um, were almost extinct. Mm. They were they were almost something that wasn't happening because for the battle leagues, you got to think about it, right? If you have an option, my friends, to do an event to do an event in your city that holds, you know, at a venue that holds a hundred people, that you can expect to make say five hundred to a thousand dollars on, maybe if you sell it out, or you have the opportunity to do an event at the theater up the street that holds twenty five hundred people, and you're potentially going to make ten to fifteen thousand dollars. How often are you going to do the events where you make five hundred to a thousand dollars? I see that. No, not often at all. It's definitely, it's definitely not in their best interest to do small events. So and that's, that's exactly the, real, like, the real reason. Yeah. But now Absolutely. it's all different because of Twitch and caffeine and everything, right? And the app. So it's and almost like if you go one step further with it, you would almost be able to reach more people in a virtual reality space where avatars are up in each other's faces. And I'm not like saying it will, there will definitely be iterations of that that will start this sure. year. This year it's going to start. Absolutely. 100%. Cuz it's too easy. Yep. In fact, it'd be easier to have two battle rappers right now start a league in virtual reality than it would be for me to perform a song. Absolutely, cuz it's Yo, logistically fact, ready to go should, should, on the dime right now. Chill. You should definitely get 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 um be at the forefront of that. You know what I mean? Yo, I holla at your man's, um, Dude, I got it worked out right now. Topanga's, um husband. I know right you're cool now. with him, so holla at him. Oh, sure he got a plug I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty sure he got to connect into that world. Nah, you know man, what I mean? you can just like, do it all. That, that available that shit. There's available That'd like ecosystems and shit where it doesn't yeah. even have to be fancy. You just need to get the traffic to attract the advertisers. That's all this game is, right? So, and if you're gonna Facts. get a hundred people yeah. in a VR environment, it's worth like ten thousand views somewhere else. Mm. 
know, facts. So I, facts. I, whatever. Yeah, it's like streaming um, is like anything else. The longer that people spend time shit. on it, the more money that the that the app generates and whatnot. So it's just like facts. Yeah. And the and the and the flip side to it now, and this this is where and this is, you know, to answer your question ultimately, um because of the app and because of how often, you know, leagues are wanting to do pay-per-views and stream things now, because, you know, the bigger events aren't happening and they've, they've been, you know, ushered into partnerships with larger sponsors who are backing them financially. Now it's a, it's a contest of content creation. Now these small events are great for them because they can do a small event with 10 or 15, 20, 20 people in the crowd, they can make six, eight, 10 battles in one night and then space that out over the course of a month to make you feel like you're getting your money's worth for the $8 that you pay for the app or for the, you know, the VOD, if you're paying $15, $20 for the VOD to, to be able to watch it at a later date. Bro, so, you know, cool now because the smaller events are easier to put together now they're pivotal they are literally essential to a league's ability to a league that has an app to their ability to create content and keep people happy because they can do one of those small events once a week and create enough content to cover the first quarter of of you know 2021 wow that's and, sp and spend way less money. So basically, Chilla Jones is saying that at the end of the day, battle rap's going to get hit the same way everything else is, where content rule everything around me. That's the new cream, everybody. And uh, That's where it's at. Yo, but because I was watching, I got really engrossed in the idea of the way that like rap battle kind of looks like WWE promo. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, watching it, it's, it's so fun. But it's, like, fun once it clicks what's happening here. Watching you pull up your phone and be like, so let me read this thing about who I'm battling against you. Why do I have to put this guy's name so fucking small as you're, like, fucking doing this? You know, this this person I'm battling against is trash. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Yeah. This is a funny-ass fucking video. I really enjoyed watching that. It made me more like, now nah, I got to go find that one. You know, now I want to go look into it more. Mm. But, like... Yeah. I could say how it's really solid for like communities because the one thing I can tell you about this battle when I was trying to find it for free and I couldn't, so I ended up paying for it. Uh, so it's kudos. You can't yeah. find it for free on the net right now. <laughs> he says it's so, you say it with such, so much frugality so, so. in your voice. I respect it though. I respect it though. But everybody on every <laughs> forum that used to have the link said one thing Yo, it was 3 0. 3 0 Chilla. It was just like across the board. I'm like, yo, what did Chilla do to this guy? So now I'm like looking at all the forums, like, what happened? It's like, yo, I don't know why anybody was doing. Yo, so I'm watching these comments go, and I'm like, this is cool. Like, I got really hyped up to watch this battle enough that I spent the fucking money. Like, I was happy to at that point. I was like, not dude, it's not. Oh. Like, yeah, now that's dope, but it's it's that that's super. You want to know why? What's dopest about that is that it's very organic, which is like. What's been dope about this whole journey that with, with you and me and this whole series and and all of it, you know, it's just organic. Like nothing was forced. Nobody like like this isn't like through like forced promotion. Like the entire time it's not like I've been like uh like 
immediately. I did not like be like, what? You didn't, you've never watched battle rap before. Now you have to sit through all these battles. I just was like, yo, we're going to be interviewing some people that like, you know, that, that have like a background in battle rap. So it's just like, you're going to come across it on your own. Like if you just do your Googles on them, you know? So yeah, it's just like, just yeah, let so it be like, organic. How are you supposed to talk to a guy who's it's like... Dope that it got to the point where like you enjoy it so much on your own that you're like, you know what? though, I'll pay the $8. Like I'm down. Like, well, it's let's more get like it. at this at point, this point I feel like I want to support it in some way. And, yeah. you know, if they're going to be hosting... Mm. Like if I'm going to talk to you, right? And we're going to be involved in this conversation. There is definitely a benefit on my end of being in the privileged position of speaking to champion of the year himself, Mr. Chilla Jones. But it's like, yo, then I thought about it on that ethical tip. And I'm like, all right, whatever. It's $10. Well, because it's not $8. It's a little bit more. It's going to convert to Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like 11 or 12. No, yo, I was checking it. Every month it's going to change. It's not like it's, again, like we're talking like a dollar yeah, situation. Yeah. But, yo, Canadian dollar is not strong right now so whatever i got into the app and yo because here's the other part i went to the google play store and if you check the reviews on the google play store you're like going oh my god am i gonna pay for i almost messaged flacco to ask him if it was legitimate okay that was how like bad the reputation <laughs> is on the play store because and we're talking like <laughs> recent reviews too like march <clears throat> and i'm like shit this oh, is wow. scary yeah so i'm like okay they're like, yo, something. And then, I've, then somebody said, you got to buy it through the website and then it's going to work. So I did that flow and it worked. And I'm like, perfect. Let's do this. So Ooh. I don't know what happened. Just some feedback for whoever may hear this because I don't know who the fuck's in charge of the app. But like, that was my experience <laughs> with it. It worked. I watched the battle and I had a pleasant time. I really like how the color changes for each battler so you can easily keep track of what, you know, I was like, that's a nifty feature. So kudos in the positive direction. Anyway. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It's such a cool experience to be able to search through it and see the ranking and see this ecosystem. And like, I'm like, yo, this is cool. Like, I guarantee you, I'm going to now watch more battles because I have paid this $10 for this app. And it looks inviting. Like, once you get in there, I don't know why. There's, it, I, just, I don't know why there's bad reviews because, like, yo, it's like this. There's, there's a shit ton of content when you walk in. It's not just the future. Yo, stuff. that's battle rap, though. You got like that's all it is. It's battle rap. Like the environment from i mean like it's one of those things like there's good and there's bad and like there's fans that are just like i don't know man they just love to like fuck with shit they love to troll yeah. and like you know like they they and they also expect a lot like the fans expect a lot for next to nothing because for all these years before that app like the content was free online mm -hmm. on youtube and like they didn't pay anything so like you know uh i think for, for a lot of the battle rap fans the concept of paying for the entertainment turns is them still off. like still yeah it turns them off and they're just looking for to complain about anything you know and uh, that's just it's, pretty uh, much what it is it's it's honestly like i should probably do it in the sense of if i'm going to be involved in it <clears throat> i should stay up to date a little bit more it's kind of exciting I don't know. I go through like binges. Yeah. I can watch like two hours of battle rap, and then I'm like, I need to go watch nice people being nice to each other. <laughs> That's the facts. Well, the, the 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 cool thing about the app is, you know, you pay the you pay the eight eight dollars, nine dollars, whatever it is, <clears throat> and you have access to everything on it, right? Everything. Say you watch everything on it, and you decide, 
You don't want the app anymore. You stop paying. You can pay for it again in three months or four months and then watch everything you missed in those three months or four months. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 set up so you're not you, you don't really have to pay month by month by month to keep up with what's going on because paying that eight ninety nine gives you at least thirty days of access to everything that it's got on there. I'm just so yeah, yeah. there are certain people that I know who who are just casual fans and say they might be a fan of say um Rum Nitty, right? So that they might be a fan of Rum Nitty who's another battler and they're gonna wait till a Rum Nitty battle comes out on the app before they spend that eight ninety nine again. Yeah, exactly. So if they know Rum Nitty's got a big battle coming up and they know it's going to be on the app on, you know, May 30th, then you best believe on May 29th, they're paying their eight ninety nine and they're getting ready to watch for this Rum Nitty yeah, they battle look that's at it, coming they out. They look at it like, uh, like uh, they're dropping. Now my, my favorite artist is dropping an album. I'm coming by to, to mm. drop my $8 for the album. Exactly. And so that you could track my numbers in that way and, and understand where my support lies. And it, it's mm-hmm. just another another way for battlers to like indicate their like works, you know? Yeah, exactly. I just figured it was dope to just pay it. <laughs> I was like, whatever. No, nah, it is. It is. It is holding. Feel good for sure. Hundred percent. And uh, I was. Yeah. I have to say though, I was entertained. So my first exposure yeah, to the URL app is is Chilla Jones uh, versus K Shine, which I would highly recommend y'all go watch if you haven't peeped that. That alone was a very entertaining experience. Big uh, facts. I would definitely, I would definitely that. recommend. I would, I would recommend taking the journey of the year of 2020 on mm. the, on the app mm. and 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 like seeing you know, the bro, progression. I'm thinking it about battle more sense. On it's on like Twitch, it blossoms you know? like a flower. Like you could see the full blown like. Uh, uh, like kind of change in the environment. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely link that. But let's go back to you for a second, because I mean that's more of the today you, which is still incredible, because you're the champion of the year. It's just fun to say it, right? Because not everybody <laughs> can say that. Um, and there's only one of those, as I understand it, correct for the year. So that's there's only one of those per year. Yes, sir. Mm. That's a long time that your Twitter is gonna say C O T Y. I imagine then. Yeah, it'll, it'll 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 say it again next year. Woo! I love that. <laughs> nah, cool. It'll say it again. It'll say it again next year. I like um, that type of talk. So I always encourage it. But I don't want to like take away from your music either, though, because that part's like super mm-hmm. important. And if we go like back to like when you you're finishing high school and stuff, you were also recording music and you were yes, kind of doing the smile yes, and the stuff. So when does it kind of elevate? Does it go in a musical route first, or does it go in more of a battle rap uh, route at first for you? Music, music, definitely. Um, at at that point, you know, as I drop out of high school, as I as I get more into creating and recording music, start working a full time job, you know, putting my paychecks toward the studio, and uh, after that, I started to put out projects. My very first project is called Jones the Mixtape, hosted by DJ Vlad before Vlad TV and all that stuff became a thing. And uh, this was 2000 and... I want to say 2007. This was 2007. Um, I put out a a street album 
I think 21 records, all original, um, hosted by DJ Vlad. And from that point all the way up through 2010, I had put out seven seven mixtapes. Like, that's how much I was recording and putting stuff out. And back then, there was no, you know, I, I didn't know about labels and press release. Like, all, all I was doing is, you know, outside of putting them on CDs and, and getting covers made and stuff like that, I was putting them on MySpace. I was, you know, <laughs> put it, put, putting the link out for people to, to listen to. Like, um, but I was still, you know, making a lot of noise and impact in the city. People were liking it. People were gravitating to it. And for me, it was dope and interesting because I was still new to it. I was still new to the process. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't making music to make a hit record. I was making music as an outlet at that point. I had no understanding of trying to make a hit record, no desire to make a song that was going to play a thousand times on the radio. It was me having fun, experimenting with words and flows and channeling some of my, my, my rage, my fears into my music mm. to have people gravitate and like that and enjoy that was so redeeming and validating. It, it felt great, even though sonically, if I listen to it now, I'm probably like, man, my breath control was bad. My vocal inflections are all over the place. Like, I would listen to it now, bro, and, and pick it apart <laughs> like crazy. But, you know, I mean, you're going to do that, you know, recording stuff and putting yeah. stuff out 14 years in the past, you gotta, you, you, know gotta I mean? you gotta get your ten thousand, your ten thousand hours in, you know, and that's those are the lessons exactly. that you learn on that journey, you know, and and then next exactly. thing you know, like once you get those hours in, I, I'm like, I feel like we all kind of turn into like Jay, where it's just like the music just starts coming to you naturally, and the words just form in your head, and you mm -hmm. don't really, you know, spend too much time in the writing process as much as you spend in the vibing process because you know that that's where it's all really going to come from yeah 100 percent. and so as as i start making more music more mixtapes more more projects that's where my where my mind goes and that's where my process shifts then it starts to become you know what kind of song can i make that that women will like mm -hmm. what kind of song can i make that boston specifically <laughs> will like what song can i make that everybody can relate to and everybody will like and so then it became me challenging myself to make certain songs or certain types of songs or appealing to certain demographics and um you know that's where a lot of that musically where a lot of my creative process changed and i, I wasn't only making music as a means of venting and you know putting myself in my music but now i was making music that certain types of people could relate to and people from certain places can relate mm. to and people with certain experiences can relate to. And so <clears throat> battle rap wasn't even a thought in my mind for a long time. Like after like the freestyle stuff at school, which was like 2004, 2005, I didn't really get back into battling myself, like into the, into that mindset till like 2011. So 2010, 2011 is, is when I first got back into it 
And um, that was when things shifted. Yo, but before we get into your battle rap, though, because I listen to, like, some of your Dot Piff stuff, right? So I'm going to go back when I go listen mm-hmm. to it. There's stuff like this Mortal Kombat freestyle that was kind of ill. Um, I, I remember you from one of your collab mixtapes, you flipped the fucking Kid Cootie Pursuit of Happiness bit, and I was lit. Or mm. you know, on one of your tracks, you take the money fucking Pink Floyd sample, and you fucking just do this beautiful fucking... It's good, man. Like, your ear for beats during this whole like yo it's ridiculous but it's also cool because it doesn't really sound like well it kind of sounds like what i understand boston's supposed to sound like in rap from all the stuff i heard from Mm. a little tint of rocks in there a few other things like yeah i'm like yo this is ill like and that's why like when flacco brought up the why isn't boston popped i'm like yo that's weird because like you know i already have a sense of what it is and i was like it was just such a pleasure for me and i already fucks with that so heavy it was like i really enjoyed listening but you you were talking about the vibes rave that you you recognize like super early on and i could feel that in your music that there were vibes all across your project especially in that welcome to boss town one which was fun boss town mm-hmm. boston and i was like ha ah, when it clicked yeah. um but yo like it was just so many different kinds of songs on that project it was like a, it was like an yeah. album it was like a full album it was like a really good full versatile album. i know that's a little bit that's like 2014 but just in a sense that even at the 2010 stuff i heard like 23 was it i like your intro there that was really clever like i like that little intro thing you did mm-hmm. to explain where you're at all of it it just felt like this consistency to it i'm like that's so nifty it's why i wanted to just make sure that even though you're i don't know how much you're known for your music so to me it was like fucking blessed to go through that part of it like it's equally as enjoyable for me to go bump your old music honestly possibly more so than the battles so yeah thank you bro yeah on on a local level um i i would i would say i'm 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 equally known for music as I am for the battles because of a lot of those projects that you, that you just mentioned. Um, outside of a local level though, it's predominantly <coughs> battle rap. And, I, and I'll, I'll be even a little more specific. It's um, so, so during this whole time of music creating and stuff like that, I also was, was really big on YouTube. Mm. I had a really big YouTube presence, um, and part of that I was also thanks to, to my older brother. My older brother, yeah, my my older brother was in a uh, an R and B group called Amir, and they were really big on YouTube, and they were known for uh, cover songs. So they would do a lot of cover songs and a lot of cover music, and. And occasionally they would include me in some of these collaborations. And that was, you know, my brother's way, I guess, of exposing me to a lot of the the fan base that they had. They, at the time, were hitting a million views on most of their stuff pretty quickly, pretty easily. Um, And so, uh, you know, my brother, as always, you know, put me on to the YouTube community and content creation and, and making stuff. So... You know, um, like the Mortal Kombat freestyle you spoke about was really big on YouTube. Um, the I don't know if you've seen some of the like uh, recent freestyles that Papoose has done with like the NBA teams and the jerseys and stuff like that. 
I did that 13 years ago. <laughs> it's still on YouTube right now. Um, I did that with NBA teams, and I did it with NFL teams. Um, but I would do a lot of those, you know, schemes, as they're called in battle rap. I would do a lot of those things before battle rap, before it was even, like, a popular thing or a common thing. Um, I would do it for YouTube, and, and YouTube would, would love it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that is how I became familiar with people such as uh, Tim DeLaghetto, who was on Wild and Out. He's on a, a different show now on MTV. Um, <clears throat> I knew him as uh, D-Pride or Pride. He goes by Russell now. He's from Canada. Um, huge, huge artist. Uh, super, super dope. Um, you know, people like Prince EA, Mr. Meredith, um, freaking Wax, you know, a bunch of people um, that I would, you know, that I knew about that, you know, we were all kind of in that same lane on YouTube. So on top of the music and the music that I was creating um, before Battle Rap, I was also doing this stuff with the visuals on YouTube. Um, so there are a lot of people who don't even know the extent of my Battle Rap career, but they know me from YouTube. And they know me from a lot of those videos that I used to do and the videos that I would do with Amir on YouTube. So, um, you know, that should be mentioned, too, when it comes to people knowing me for music locally, people not really knowing me for music outside of Massachusetts. There are more people who know me for YouTube than for my music outside of my state. You know, I just think it's worth knowing all of the sides of you. So I'm so glad that you told That's, us that you're basically a YouTube star from the early era of YouTube. Yeah, for, for, for sure. That's, and I, I wish I had, I'm, I'm so good with, uh, so bad with multitasking, which is why there's such a huge gap in my, my musical catalog. Mm. Uh, you know, that's why you, could, you can't really find anything recent from me as far as projects outside of 2014. Um, I just started like getting heavy back into music. And this break that I'm taking now, my last battle was K-Shine in January. My next battle is going to be announced really soon, but it's in uh, mid-June. So this whole break, this whole time that I've taken has been recording, recording, mm -hmm. recording, recording. My brother and I have about 90 songs, various different features from, again, Method Man to Royce to oh, uh, uh, wow. uh, Ransom, R.J. Payne. Oh, that's big. That's dope. So many. RJ Payne is dope. When when we start dropping songs and records, starting with the Method Man one, um, you know, I, I think the battle rap culture is going to get really, really hip to what I can do musically. Um, and I think the world in general, because I haven't focused that much on it, and I've been so in, involved and enveloped by battle rap, it's going to be a wake-up call to a lot of people who aren't familiar with that side of me, which I think is dope. So, um, really, I'm just lining everything up so that the second half of my 2021 is, is going to be really eventful. You know what I mean? So this break that I'm taking, it's not really a break. Mm. Um, I am working, but <clears throat> mostly on the music side and less on the battle rap side right now. Yeah, but that's, like, really exciting for me because, like, I listened to your Loaded Lux Dish track and I listened to the one that came out on the free... Yeah, I bumped everything I could find. I saw the stuff with Mickey Fax, all of the ones that were recent YouTube tracks, so 
everything yeah. i heard from yeah. you was was legitimately fire like as a musical you, artist like you got a style to your voice that's identifiable that doesn't get boring over time and like in fact it's just dope and you have a heavy theatrical element to your delivery which i think is super yeah. important for a great song so yeah you got it. well that's my preferences you don't have to agree with me anyone but that's just uh it was just it's cool to hear that you have all the 90 songs man that's exciting as fuck so so many records man and and they bleed through different genres it's not all just hip-hop or boom bap there's stuff in there that you could classify as gospel there's stuff in there you could classify as r&b because again my brother is a singer so a lot of our collaborations have that aspect within it um some of our songs you might consider poppy or alternative there's some songs with a heavy rock influence as you know i like to dive into sometimes so like you know a lot a lot of the songs that we have the same versatility that you saw on welcome to boss town is all through our catalog and it's That's all exciting. over you know what we have so um i'm super excited to start putting out records and it's gonna be really interesting to see how people receive a lot of the songs that may not be straight hip-hop or straight rap i think it's gonna be a bit of a mind fuck for people um but i can't wait to see how people react to it because that's what i enjoy doing i never want to be put in any type of box or mm. category or or one genre i i like to be somebody that's all over the board i like to be somebody that's coming out with a song now that gives you gospel vibes and then coming out with a song next month that gives you r&b vibes and then two months later i've got a song that's got heavy boom bap rap vibes you know what i'm saying like i like to be all over the board with it you know straight up that is the perfect way to appeal to a youth audience today so you Facts. you in line with modern yeah. marketing trends my guy um <laughs> I mean, that's just also that's just musicality yo real 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 musicians which is what real artists that like make just so happen to make rap music but are real artists like that's what it is like you never want to just be stuck doing one type of thing and one type of sound for i mean some guys do you know and like no like that's not like a detraction of them but like the guys that want to like do different things and try different sounds and and experiment those are that's just artists that's artistry yeah facts right facts um yeah there you are i was like i i'm uh, i was managing the pins and i'm like he didn't come back on camera yet there he is now i, I appreciate this still. <laughs> you're like your brain is just so fascinating and riveting so it's like it makes sense how you're able to go against the plethora of different people and adopt your 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 style or whatever to just destroy them via your brain that's what you do yeah. you use your brain it's like your brain is yeah. just it like down that's what it feels like like poetry out of fucking max um how did you <laughs> so how did you like pivot into battles then like so you're doing all these songs you're pushing your shit you're getting your local buzz on how does that go to like all of a sudden you're like this battle guy yeah, there was there was a time where um, there was a radio station in the city that was doing uh, Mon Monday Night Battles. Okay. 
there was a gentleman who was a part of that um, by the name of Gatman, Gatman Jones. And um, he was dominating people at this Monday night, you know, battles thing that they did at this bar in Dorchester called the Dublin House. Um, somehow it got out or some, 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 some mention of me occurred to where, um, you know, the main person behind these events, uh, whose name is Rusty, he, uh, also did a radio show on Friday and Saturday nights. And so, you know, whatever happened on Monday would get talked about on Friday and people who wanted to battle the following Monday would, would call up or sign up on Saturday on the radio show. People would go on there, they would talk shit, they would go Monday, they would go get their ass kicked by this dude. And again, somehow my name came up. My name was was mentioned, I guess, to somebody that used to do it at, at my high school who was, who was dope or whatever, whatever. And... uh after he beats maybe four or five people in a row, this DJ, Rusty, is like, yo, I, I think Chilla Jones should should battle you. Like, nobody else is giving you any type of challenge. Hmm. And so there was two different occasions where he called me on the phone, and I was like, you know, with, with all due respect, Rusty, I'm a musician now. I don't even I don't even do the battle stuff anymore. I love watching it, but it's but it's not it's not what I do anymore. Like I'm really focused on music. And you know, the the next Monday he would he beat somebody else and then the next week on the radio, it's the same thing. Nobody can beat this guy. Chilla's gotta come out. Chilla's gotta come down. No nobody else in the city is gonna be able to do it. And he would call me again. I'm all set. I don't want to do this. You guys keep calling me. I'm, I'm really not interested. I don't want to do it. Beat somebody else that Monday. Go back on the radio Friday. Call me out again. The third time, the third time I got on the radio and I said, you know what? If it's going to stop you guys from calling me every damn week, I'll be there on Monday. Um, I went up there Monday. I whooped his ass. <laughs> and from there, it was like people just wanted to see me battle again. Mm. This was around the time I had started the Battle League that we spoke about earlier called Shark Tank Battlegrounds. And uh, at this point, I had started throwing battles of my own. So I kind of took the clout and the credibility that I got from beating this kid and started my own battle league, was throwing battle events. Um, you know, I, I was having people such as Poison Pen and Sterakana and, you know, people from New York that had seen that very first battle and had seen another battle that I had done in Shark Tank in my own league. Um, and were coming out and they were supporting what I was doing and things like that, which was really dope. And that's how I shifted more from music to battle rap. Because once I did the battle in my league, Shark Tank Battlegrounds, I was in the studio with none other than Slain. Mm. And Slain goes, 
Chilla, you really need to stick to battle rap. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, there's nobody else from the city in that lane. Nobody else is doing that. He was like, I go to Canada and tour with Mad Child and, and, and Ill Bill and all these people. And we're, we're judging at these like King of the Dot events. There's nobody from Boston up there. This is your lane. Still do music, still do your thing, but you got to put some more energy into this. Mm-hmm. You can use this lane as a means to get people to listen to your music. And it was, it was really because of him and also because of terminology who told me the same thing. They're the reason that I took a step back from music and decided to pursue battle rap with a little more effort. Okay. That's really what made me shift gears. That was that those were great those were great um recommendations right there that they gave. Like correct. So if I understand Facts. correctly, Slane's words of wisdom was yo check it, Canada ain't got a guy from Boston yet. There's nobody from Boston in this league called King of the Dot. Wow. Keep, so keep going. Dope. And yeah, and in 2011, off of Slane's recommendation, King of the Dot had put me on world domination, which is one of their biggest events at the time. And I was battling, I was supposed to battle a, a dude named Catch P from Detroit. Okay. And the, the battle didn't end up happening due to passport issues but uh but literally off of one battle and and slain's recommendation he got me a battle on that league um and that was part of his his attempt to try and solidify me in this battle rap lane because he felt like that was the best thing for the city he was right Mm. So right. even though that ba- even though that that battle itself didn't come to fruition, it put me enough in that lane to where King of the Dot was familiar with me, URL was familiar with me, Grind Time was familiar with me, um, King of the Ring at the time was a league in New York that was big that was familiar with me, um, <clears throat> and all of these leagues were were wanting me to. Um, to battle for them. And this is just off the strength of one battle that I did in Boston, which at the time, it was unheard of for, for leagues to be pursuing you off of one battle. Normally, you have a catalog of battles for them to look through and, and a history. I didn't have a history. I had one battle. Right. So, um, you know, m- my journey in regards to that, as far as battle rap, is so, so much different than the way other battle rappers got into the culture and got to the position that they got to. Yeah, that's super nifty. Honestly, like, you basically did a battle, the right people saw it, and then at the right time, and that got put out. Somehow you end up in a studio with Slane, which is just really cool to me. Like, I really like La Coca Nostra, dude. Like, I really like them. So yeah, like, Coca's dope. So it's like, man, you're just there with that Book dude dope. listening, you know, and he tells you to go to fucking Canada and fucking battle. And I'm just like, I don't know if they were in Canada at the time. I think they were. I think they also went to LA at one point. I don't really know. 
but like so you end up doing all this stuff and it's just like man that's like so nifty and then you end up pursuing this battle career which i guess just is i don't really know how that progresses a series of events or whatnot i don't i don't know a lot about the for me it's still a blur right i know a lot of battles happen and they all got uploaded to youtube and stuff and you can kind of see stuff happen right yeah absolutely and um i mean for me my career definitely goes through ups and downs and you know I, i definitely bounce from you know from url which is the league i'm on now in its earlier day to king of the dot to url to king of the dot like i kind of kind of bounce from one league to another and um <clears throat> the way the way it is in battle rap it's like url is looked at as this east coast streets type of like urban league king of the dot at the time as it merged with grind time was looked at as more of this like white backpack type of like league so it was like almost like two different crowds within the subgenre of battle rap mm. where it was you know <clears throat> kind of a divide and so I'm bouncing back and forth between a demographic and a crowd that's mostly urban to a to a demographic and a crowd that's mostly white and I'm having success in both avenues which which at this point is is really difficult for an up-and-comer there are certain people such as you know your arsenals your hollow to dons your dna's who have experience with grind time and so they're able to cross over and have success on both platforms because they have a history mm. and people yeah, know I them say like it's rare it's rarefied air it's not it's not common it's not and i would say when when it comes to your career i think that you're that it was super wise that you did that and i think each time that you did it <clears throat> that performance informed the next per, like battles like and the next move right so like i think it was constantly like a lateral upward movement where like you would go to KOTD and you perform so well over there that like URL would be like, we gotta have him back over here. Like Facts. we gotta get him back over here. And then like you do so well at URL that like KOTD be like, yo, you know, we gotta get you back over here. Like you're on fire right now, you know? Like mm -hmm. and so it's it it was it was smart and it's been very it's rarefied air. Like it definitely is. And those names that you mentioned are the only names really essentially that have been able to um, go back and forth uh, very easily. Um, yeah. Nobody else, and that and that's particular, you know, like that's a very particular, you know, like there's other names that have battled on both leagues, but they didn't have the success to be able to ping pong back and forth between both leagues, the way that exactly. you, DNA, um, arsenal and hollow and even hollow right like that's a it's kind of like uh uh i guess kind of but like he he battles so rarely that like it's not even like it's a common thing like it is with you and dna and arsenal like right. that's it's a common thing with you guys you know and with yeah. arsenal i think it's 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 a it's a it's a different thing with him like it's a it's a you know it's an old mentality that he brought in from 
you know, having done Lion's Den and looking at himself as like a independent in the middle of like all these like kind of like wars of leagues, you know, um, and so like it was a different mindset and DNA even like it was like uh, uh, just um, lateral movements for him. But like you, you came in and these these entities were already there and you were the first one to really pull off being able to go back and forth and to use each of the the performances on those ends to leverage yourself into a better position mm -hmm. i'm sure uh financially as well um uh, yeah. uh you know the spot that you'd end up at after you know doing all those good performances on uh either of their platforms so like you're kind of like really the first to come along and do that after the leagues got you know started and whatnot yeah, a hundred percent. Um, and it, I, I think it's really dope. I, I think it has a lot to do with my upbringing. Like I said, you know, I, I went to private school up to sixth grade. I switched to public school in seventh grade. I'm from a city that, you know, is very diverse. Um, you know, so I think my ability to connect with 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 both sides of the culture is because of where I'm from. And because of of how how my city is, you know what I'm saying. I don't know that I would be able to connect with the king of the dot side so well if I didn't have experience growing up in private school. I don't know that I would be able to connect with URL so well if I didn't go to high school in the middle of Austin in the inner city in a public school. You know what I'm saying. Right. Um, so a lot of my success, even on the battle rap side, is tied into my upbringing and. Um, you know, my schooling and, and who I was around as a kid and as a teenager. You know, it's like, that's why I like doing this this show, right? Like, because we get to go through your life and, I mean, you made these connections like off the jump. You're like connecting into your story like the whole way through it. So it's like really cool. But like, I've seen people just like make the epiphany like two and a half hours in or whatever. And it's like, that's, that's why we do this because <laughs> it's so important. I mean, like, for parents who might watch this, yo, maybe I let my kid go do these things. For, like, people who are young watching, yo, maybe I should go do these things. And even for, like, people like, like, yo, I find myself when I really, really go through my life, I'm like, yo, I did a lot more than I remember. You know? Like, you don't really mm -hmm. think about all the shit that you've actually done. So sometimes I find people sit there and they're like, I don't know if I'm good enough to pursue this crazy idea that I have in my head. And then it's like, nah, I bet you did all the homework and practice when you were like 17 and you just got to like brush up on it now. But you don't even think about it because of how we are in this world. So that's why it's so fun to just watch all these little things that contribute to people's greatness. And like, you have definitely achieved greatness, you know, like. Thank you, bro. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Cosign. Big Thank cracks. You. Big cracks. Big, big cracks. This is like, everybody who like i've approached you know to be on the show like these y'all all you know people that i've known through this thing for a long time and mm -hmm. like i'm being particular in the way that we're you know approaching it and like trying to like paint the picture of the story of like what it is that like we've built in this you know mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like your 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 pivotal name in the building of this story you know so like, thank you bro much, thank much you man. it's an honor facts it's an honor and you're generally just smart right like you clearly want to bring the culture forward like the fact that you your brain just went running with the vr thing oh my gosh it's like a blessing that you're still involved in this 
Like it really yeah. needs people who are going to think with that kind of visionary level of imagination in order to realize and be in position so that when the new gatekeepers appear in the future, you're not bound by them. You are them in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%, man. But um, so basically like, I, I don't know, like if have there any like highlights or whatever to go through for the battle career, the music? I mean, you're making music and battling till 2014 and then it stops music at some point. So I don't know what changes or how to like go through that part. Um, I mean, in, in, in 2014, um, the only thing I'll say that changed was I think battle rap got to a point for me where I wanted more from it, more out of it. And I felt like the only way I was going to be able to get there was to devote more energy, more time, more attention to it. And so, whereas I was multitasking before and, you know, kind of splitting my time evenly down the middle creatively, um, I decided to put music on a bit of a hold and you know put put a lot more of that time and energy into battle rap and for much of the past six years that's really what it's been like i like i've done i've done some songs i've collaborated with like like you said you know mickey fax and you know i've i've, I've done you know features for people but um as far as my own work and my own stuff um it's just two different mindsets for me it's really hard for me to balance battle rap and music because if i'm doing them both at the same time you'll hear my my battle rap side in my songs mm -hmm. or you'll hear my music side in my battle raps because creatively i have to be in two different mindsets to create those things right when i'm having to jump between mindsets it's not easy for me and and the way my focus and my concentration level is if I'm locked into something, it's not easy for me to say, okay, I'm riding around for a battle I have in June and I have a studio session on Tuesday. I need to shift into songwriting mode. I usually have to write one or two verses before I get to a verse that I actually like because those first two verses have a battle influence because that's the mindset that I was in. Okay. So it usually takes a little bit of time for me to kind of write myself out of it to, to, to get to, you know, verses that I feel like I like or are appropriate for the song that I'm putting together. And then vice versa. Once I get out of that and I get back to writing for this battle that I have in, in two months, I usually have to go through a certain amount of time before I say, man, I'm still in music mode. I got to shake this. So it's, it's hard to balance and go back and forth between doing it which is why i needed to take this break that i've taken to really be able to lock in and focus on music for an extended period of time yeah it's so nifty that you said that stills because iron solomon expressed like the exact same sentiment that trying to be Facts. both was complicated like he couldn't balance both sides of the career they were impacting each other and then it was like focusing that allowed him to pursue it yo take care lady bro yeah Blacko. i understand yeah. that you have to go yeah, yeah, my fault. Um, uh, I got, I, I had, I, I thought that you know what I mean. Like we had talked chilling, and I, had, I was under the impression that like at the two hour mark, you were gonna be like, "Hard gotta go," 
So like, I yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, birthday. I do, but the, but you know, I, I, I enjoy, I, I have enjoyed this interview so much because of the different topics that we've touched on, the insight, the intellect behind it. Yeah, um, you know, it must yeah, like be told me going into it, man. It's definitely different than your average battle rap interview. So I know we, we we've gone over time a little bit. Um, Yo, I mean, for nah, me, this I, is I definitely appreciated this the, is certainly the questions, the line of questioning. No, I've no, appreciated no, the insight. No. No, nah, just to let there's you know, no, this is not no only time. It was like, more you, like you know Flacco I mean? like, has to go. <clears throat> yeah, don't don't feel like you gotta go. Like I gotta go, right? Because like now I mean, I have made plans and mm. my boy's birthday and shit, and we go to New Rock, so I gotta get there. Like, yeah. time. Nah, but, um, I, I feel you. I'm, I'm I'm on the same timetable, bro. I, I actually honestly, have somebody waiting for me. So it's alright. We can um, totally do the with, wrap up. With, thing. with that, with that said, man, let's figure out a time. Let's do a part two. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and and let's let's pick up where we left off. Maybe even potentially depending on the timing, maybe next weekend we can do. Um depending on the time and what you guys have. Let's let's when we get off here, let's oh, figure we it we out. We can figure something out for you, Chilla Jones. I'm definitely down to do a part two. We'll 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 pick up it at twenty fourteen. Mm. And and we'll go from twenty fourteen to the current day. Awesome. Um, on that note, though, I do want to thank everyone for coming through. I appreciate everybody for real. It's always great to see people coming uh, on all the platforms and all the different things. Shout out to the people watching in the future as well. Make sure to check out End of the Week, who is gracious enough to, to provide us the ecosystem That's to allow this to happen in the first place. Shout out Golden Jenny from Norway, who's been watching, because it's always exciting to know that people in Norway check this shit. Um, Norway, what's up? Thank what, you, Jenny. Word. Shouts to Ismail, who's been like in the, whole, in the chat the whole time. Always. Ismail, and he's been like shouting out like Slain. He definitely a Slain yeah. fan. So like Slain's, all the Slain love. Yo, Slain like, is big in Montreal. Sure. I don't know anybody that doesn't like them in Montreal for real. All of that vibe. Like when La Coca Nostra hit Montreal recently pre COVID, that was a big deal to whoever got to open that show. You know, like that was cool. Facts. Um, just lame, man. but that's not really you're you're honestly the vip at the moment chilla jones your mind is so fascinating Thanks. like so so fascinating i had a great time with this i wish we could keep going understanding time too. restraints for everybody thank you so much bro um yeah yeah man i'm i'm serious man Let, let's see if in the ooh, next couple of weeks we can totally we can get back out. and do a part two for sure um, but also Absolutely. make sure to follow Absolutely. i'll be in contact make sure to follow end of the week everywhere at slash eow tv eow tv the letters in that order at all the platforms because they're fucking dope and they have a whole bunch of stuff going on and if you want to wrap hit up their open mic on sunday it's set on the zooms it's a good time i think that's tomorrow Facts. i think we're saturday anyhow uh yo just thank you all the peoples i'm kind of saying that now it's being redundant so y'all live long and fucking prosper everybody